Warning, the following program contains disturbing material that might be inappropriate for younger listeners. Parental discretion is advised. Bez Video Kingdom is brought to you by Sherman's Landscaping. Struggling to take care of your lawns? Sprinklers broken so your grass is nothing but dust? Well, no need to worry. Sherm's the answer. (laughs) He'll take care of all of your gardening needs. His patented prep, cut, prune method will fix every ill of your yard. First, he preps the area. Then he cuts the grass. And then he goes ahead and prunes the necessary hedges. Yes, his PCP process will have your lawn looking (laughs) primo. Sherm and his cousin P-Dog will make everything better so you can be sure all of your plants get wet, even in the hottest of temperatures. (laughs) So if you really need help, turn to Sherm, Sherman's Landscaping. Oh my gosh, that's... I didn't know you were going with that. That was fucking great. That was great. Welcome to Best Video Kingdom, everybody. This is training day. This is Nick. This was my pick. This is following up our wives edition, uh, in which I won another draft. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which man. makes ten. it four. Makes who, me tied with who had Brad. 10 seconds in before Nick talked about I thought he was going to wait a little bit. No. It makes it, it ties me up with Brad and Nate, and it, uh, it keeps Zach um, where he's been. Safe distance. Well, in case uh, any of you all are wondering, we're, we're all still married. None of us divorced. No divorce proceedings. It was touching no. there for that, though, yeah. It was touch and go for a minute. Touch and go. <laughs> <laughs> Things smoothed out, but I, I don't know. It was rough. I mean, is that because all the girls agreed that you were last? I, I don't know how that plays, though, like that I'm the worst picker of hot dudes. My favorite comment was Nate's wife saying that Nate didn't pick for her. He picked for his sister. <laughs> my sister's flapping her gums in my ear the whole time that I'm, that I'm, you know, cooking dinner that night. And I just, you know, I couldn't, couldn't get it out of my head. I love, I loved, uh, uh, Brad's wife Melissa with the bingo board of a oh of a, yeah. a draft it, layout. On it was her really a bingo board of shame. <laughs> which, <laughs> nothing, which is on brand. Nothing crossed off. <laughs> Melissa was just like just it was just all hateful comments about all the bullshit. You should have seen the look she was aiming at <laughs> all of us. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. All right, so Nikki, you picked training day, and I want to say that 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 Nick and I. So Nick and I have been like workout partners now for how long? It was like five, six years now, off and on. Yeah. And so we've had a lot of training day conversations off and on over the years. And every time this comes up, I start to sort of offer some of my, my concerns about this movie. And I can just see Nick like gritting his teeth. Like he's about to drop the, the barbell on my you need a face. spot with that or what? You, you, you still need a spot. Uh, so I'm excited about this one. That's one problem I have with this movie. There's a scene where he's walking through the yard of the apartment building and there's one guy that's like obviously kind of out of shape and like kind of overweight and he's doing bench press and there's another guy just like super attentively spotting him. And I just always think like, do those gangster guys spot each other like that? I doubt it. I bet you they'd be like, this guy's trying to get buff, like good fucking luck. Safety first, bro. I think that they're, they know what they're doing. I think they're spotting. They're trying to get 
I mean, you can't if you're trying to get stronger, you got to put that weight on. You need a spotter. Got to got to push to failure, man. Those muscles right. don't grow themselves. So. I have I have a great <laughs> some great questions for our guests today about the buffness of criminals because oh my god, these criminals were. Uh, I mean, there was some serious androstein flying around in the uh, L.A. projects. Well, when time. Terry Crews comes flying out of the ba- uh, left field in the back, dude. Like, I mean, I'm like, okay, it's ripped. It's the man's jacked. traps have their own zip code. I mean, <laughs> that fucking wife beater he was wearing was doing some. Extra, extra work. With he, makes those Tom, traps. he makes Tom Hardy look like Urkel. Dude. <laughs> he Seriously. was the one clapping at the pigeons, I think, too, right? That was him? Yeah. It was just somebody's back. I don't know, but it was a fucking swole back. The, the traps, I don't know if that was Terry or not. I don't know. He's a bald spice head guy, on that though. guy, though. All right. Um, but yeah, 2001, <laughs> Training Day. Um, this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, released in 2001, directed by Antoine Fuqua, who also did... He did Training Day. After that, he followed up with Tears of the Sun. Moved on to Brooklyn's Finest, which I have not seen. Feel like it's kind of held in high regard by some. He did the Equalizer, Equalizer Two. He did Southpaw with Gyllenhaal. Ooh, Magnificent okay. Seven. Um, he's got some good ones, some sneakers. Like he's had the Olympus has fallen. Was he end of watch? He was not. Olympus has fallen is a solid like it, just is it really? popcorn action movie. Okay, because I it just looked like uh, you know 2012 it's and it's fun. Big and uh, the third installment, not as good. What's funny is nothing else out there that he did remind you know is Training Day, which I like you know at the same time, but I also you know it's been long enough. You know we're talking it's twenty years since was that his debut? Not quite. I don't. He was a big music video guy, right? It wasn't he got his start in a lot of music videos. Is that was what he? I think so. uh, A lot back in the day, I think that explains Training Day was a plethora of musicians right about the start. That was definitely his his first. Written by David Ayer. Um, David Ayer did Fast and the Furious. Wrote uh, um, SWAT. Wrote Harsh Times. Wrote End of Watch. He's okay. That's where the End of Watch came in. That's yeah. And then he wrote Fury, which is I really dig that movie with Brad Pitt, uh, the World War II movie. Stars Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, Scott Glenn, Ava Mendez, Snoop Dogg, Cliff Curtis, Tom Berenger, and Dr. Dre. Um, don't forget Macy Gray. I yeah, know, did, Macy Gray. Does <laughs> Dr. Dre start in this movie? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we might talk about that a little bit. <laughs> I, uh, we may have the same body back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got you. Um, but, guys, like I said, this is, it is actually, it's one of my favorite movies. And does it have flaws? I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear what your guys you know, what you guys have to say, what our special guest has to say. I was, uh, I'm always entertained by it. And I'm really, it's, it's Denzel, right? For me, it's Denzel. It's one of my favorite parts that he's, that he's ever played. I love movies that take place in, in, uh, this, uh, the scan of 24 hours or less. I love a good cop drama, uh, the corruption, violence, good versus evil. You got Hawk versus Denzel. You're pretty confident that Hawk's not going to turn. So you feel like it's like a good versus evil and it is Hawk going to actually make it out of this thing alive action. And then the acting just like is the foundation of this thing. And it's I mean, really, it's Denzel holding holding this thing up without Denzel, uh, without the possible Sam Jackson, who Denzel who put, was up for this, who who uh, was, that was one, one of the, the first choices. And I'll get really? into some of the other ones that were offered to that did not take it. But Antoine Fuqua like came in big. He wanted to see like Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, he wanted his actors to channel Dog Day Afternoon, French Connection. He wanted this to be a classic. I I do think it was in a lot of way, and it is in a lot of people's minds. And also just to see the dark underbelly of like a city, whether it's San Francisco or New York or Chicago. I dig any time a movie kind of gets into that darker side of things. Um, I think it makes for a great. I think it makes for a great movie. And then you get the combination of everything I just said and. 
It's one of my favorite movies. So um, I want to hear, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about Bradley. What do you think, man? Yeah, man, I totally agree with you. I love that, that 24 hours. Once you get to the end of the movie, like it's one of those things that in my mind, I remember it as because I hadn't watched it in a while. So I was like, oh yeah, it takes place in 24 hours. But then like, as I'm watching, I was like, oh yeah, all this stuff goes down in just yeah, that one it's a, it's single day. <laughs> and it happens to be his first day riding with this new guy. And I mean, of course it's called training day. So that fucking makes sense. But uh, no, it's, it's a great movie. It's gripping. Denzel, of course. I mean, just cannot take your eyes off of him. Uh, just, just he puts the movie on his back, right? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, it there's a little bit of uh, um, the grittiness. I really like. I like when you have uh, casting that that really makes you kind of believe, like, okay, these are some some legit dudes, except for Dr. Dre. Um, <laughs> and pretty much enjoy the hell out of it. So I was I was glad to rewatch it. Had no problems getting through it. I think it's about the appropriate amount of time. Good movie. I I really dug it. Denzel's great. Like I said, he puts this movie on his back. I thought Ethan Hawke was kind of uneven in this. He's a little, uh, just kind of, just kind of a little weak for the part. I thought, uh, and maybe that was the character written in the character. But I, I I don't know. I didn't I didn't love him in it. I think he he kind of uh, grows as the as the day goes on. We'll we'll talk about it later. But like. I, I, I've never smoked PCP. Like I just, I have so many questions about PCP after watching this movie. <laughs> it's just like my main thing that I well, took you don't away like, from this. You don't movie. like to get wet, dog? No, exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I've never gotten wet, but I just, uh, I have lots of questions. I hope, I hope that our special guest can maybe answer some of my PCP questions. But so uh, the movie takes a while to get me. I think the beginning is sort of weak. Uh, and we're talking like the first 10, 15 minutes, the diner scene where he's reading his paper and the beginning scene where, where Hawk's at home with his wife and all that. I mean, it's just real, real minor stuff, but it seems kind of dated to me. But after that, you don't like the diner scene. I don't love it. But after that, after that, it really takes off for me. And I just, I love it after he, after they go and shake down the, the college kids from that point on that this, this movie has me. And, uh, Man, I just I watched the whole thing. I didn't even fall asleep. It was fucking. It was great. I did, loved it. Did they get pulled over for listening to Papa Roach? Is that why they got that's pulled why. over? I, I, I actually think that that's in the code. You can actually pull someone over for that. You Denzel Denzel made him turn the music search. down, and he was like, like "You guys are cutting man. your life into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> this is your last resort." <laughs> but no, I thought that oh, I thought wow. the story was great. I, there's a lot of stuff that I really really like about it. Some stuff that that kills me about this movie. And uh, when, the first time I saw it, I loved it. And uh, when I watched it again now, maybe I don't know, 20 years later, I, I really liked it. So it's uh, it's a good one. And I'm curious to know what Nate has to say about it because he's got a shit eating grin on his face right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really feel like this movie tears me up inside. Like I, I don't know how to because because it's not one of those where like I just I want to shit on it. I really there's things about it that i love hang on hang on so it tears you up inside like the (laughs) like the disease that you had a couple weeks ago it tears me up inside like the time that i almost was on the pod (laughs) back out for reasons that are still unknown uh continue i I, so i uh i there's i mean there's no denying that denzel is maybe at his best in this and he's just unreal like there's no scene that he's not 100 percent in Ethan Hawke is a little uneven, although I, I, it's hard for me sometimes to figure out whether or not this is the writing. Like, the, you know, he's forced to deal with a few scenes. Like, there's one scene, like, the scene for me that, like, is the, the pinnacle of the, the problem for me in this movie is right after they have the shootout, right, in the hood, mm-hmm. and, in the jungle, and, and, and 
like they they drive away. I think they the have, shootout and the like, shootout with that like was not Macy cool, Gray. Man. You mean Macy Gray? That right after yeah, Macy yeah, Gray. Yes, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. not in the jungle. Yeah. So they have the shootout and like he goes, yeah. Ethan goes, that was not cool, man. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, but a like is that what you say at that point? Like, you've already been forced to smoke PCP. <laughs> And fucking like do all kinds of unethical shit, and it's like nine a.m. So like you know like oh, I guess it's not nine. He makes me at ten, so it's it's like eleven thirty, and I'm like, is that really your? This is the point at which you're like, there's bullet holes in the back window, and all you have to say right now is like, that's not cool, man. <laughs> so like to me, I, I actually paused at this time, and I was like, I, this is almost parody at that point. Like it's almost a like like a satire. Like we're watching, you know, how many guys? How something. many guys came out of the out of the proverbial? Woodwork there were like seven hundred, and, and only them. one of the seven hundred had a shirt on. <laughs> They were all look like they've been working so, out yeah. for 20 years straight. So they came straight out of like <laughs> they were ready to they, they had ready. Macy Gray's and back. every one of them had guns on them, multiple <laughs> guns. So anyway, so so this was so but but on the other hand, like if I look at this movie and I if I give it a charitable inter- interpretation, we'll get into this. But there are reasons why, like, I get it. I, I can I can suspend disbelief. But also, no matter how much how many complaints I might have about this movie, it's so fucking fun to watch. Fun ride. Right. And so like even if I'm like, well, this, you know, there's there, there's lack of realism, there's lack of like, you know, solid plot connection. All those none of those things take away the fact that that I, I really still really I mean, I'll watch this movie. I, I just finished it twenty minutes ago and I would watch it and love it again tomorrow. I, I really did it twenty minutes. <laughs> I, I I I have a problem with, with finishing movies. So you anyway, I, fresh. I would say I, I I loved it, and I have major problems with it. I don't know if that makes sense. That's a cliffhanger. I love it. Um. All right. So one last thing, really quick, because Bradley, you started right. All right. So a couple of quick notes before we keep going on some stuff. I figure this is the time to kind of. So like I was telling Zach, lay it out. Sam Jackson and Matt Damon were considered for Alonzo and Hoyt. Oh, like yes, like sir. Matt Damon was going to be the uh, it was Sam Jackson was going to be this with Sam the Denzel Jackson character and Matt Alonzo Damon was going to be Matt. Ethan Hawke. Yes, I watched that movie. I'll yeah. watch I, I'll watch it a lot more with Damon in that role and, and Denzel swapping out Denzel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Damon and Damon Denzel, Denzel is a better movie. Whew. That'd be some double D's, bro. I'd like that. So Eminem <laughs> turned down the role of Hoyt. No shit to be an Eight Mile. See, I, I wrote, Eminem, the, I wrote that down in my good. notes because I was like, could, "Really? Could Eminem have pulled this off?" And I'm no, like, "I no. don't believe so." No, not no. Hard it's a, disagree. No. Not the same. Not the same way. I just um, don't think he would have been believable as like a cop. I don't know. I think he would have come across really awkward. This is not a good movie if he plays Ethan Hawke's part, I and mean, Ethan Hawke's not even great in it. I hard disagree with that. You think Eminem could uh, kill this? I'm all in on Eminem on anything he does. 100%. Then why hasn't he done anything? I'm just all in on him. I don't know. I'm waiting. <laughs> After he played himself, <laughs> he cashed in early on the Eminem. <laughs> I got twenty I bu- years ago. I bought Eminem stock early, and I'm I'm holding it all in on Eminem. Ninety five. Not um, on his music career. Not on his no, music no, career. I, I bought the Eminem acting stock. <laughs> The less pot. This was the bargain basement stock. It's a little down. It's like, a little Eminem, down. we're going to put you in a movie, and you're going to basically just play yourself. Yeah. And he was like, all right, I'm going to kill this. And he did. And then they're like, he's we're like, never going to have you do anything again. <laughs> Denzel or play myself. Uh, um, they did find the crew kind of found themselves in a little standoff between some bloods and crips, evidently. Um, nothing really happened, but based on where they were filming, 
things never got completely out of control, but they did find themselves in some kind of um, tense situations. So watching this for the first time and knowing that I was going to be able to dive deep in this movie finally after watching it so many times, they show the license plate in the beginning, uh, Alonzo's license plate, a couple different times to the point where you're like, what does ORP-967 mean? So looking it up, they're actually uh, they're recognizing Officer Rafael Perez, a real LAP, LAPD officer who specialized in drug and gang activity, um, but he became famous because of what was called the Rampart scandal, which you know he, I guess evidently he was um, he got he was famous for stealing drugs and then framing framing suspect, suspected criminals. So I wonder if it was kind of loosely based on if Alonzo was based on on him. So figured it'd be a little bit you know more than that, but it must you know it's an LA thing and um, and maybe that's where um, Fuqua maybe came up with uh, part of Alonzo's character. I just feel like we need to acknowledge for the listeners that the explosions in the background are because in the Bev's outdoor studio, we're about a mile away from the, from a, the series Modesto Sikh temple. And I believe today is Diwali. The last day of Diwali. It's the last day of Diwali. Diwali, Diwali started last, last evening. And then now it ends. Is Diwali a 24 hour period? It's like a sundown. It's like training one day, day to the next day. It's oh, so it's 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 on it's on brand then. Yeah, it's that's it's a twenty four hour holiday, and we've got it. Okay, I know everything I know about it is from Kelly from the Office. <laughs> <laughs> Dewal- the Diwali episode of the Office is one of the most awkward episodes. <laughs> it's so awesome. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, so just don't mind the, the, the those are fireworks from the Sikh Temple, um, and they're awesome. So I wish you were here. All right, all right. So now we are ready to uh, you know. This is our drinking with the director portion. Antoine Fuqua is going to join us, but he's going to help us welcome our special guest, longtime friends, longtime friends with uh, Brad and Nate. Lieutenant Dan is uh, joining us tonight. Thanks a for real joining. life, a real life policeman. A real life, real life policeman. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. I really uh, appreciate it. Lieutenant Dan. So just to be clear, this is not the 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 eventually legless. Uh, uh, member of the Forrest Gump. I've cast. seen his, I've seen his legs. He has legs. Uh, although, funny enough, <laughs> one of one of Lieutenant Dan's. So so Dan 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 and Brad and I have been friends since we were. How long, Dan? Did you go to Little Folks? I went to. No, I don't know if I went to Little Folks, but it's at least first grade. So so, so at least yeah. kindergarten, first grade. Brad and Dan and I have been friends. Um, and one of the distinguishing features of Dan's childhood and up through his early professional career was that he got hurt. An absurd amount of time. <laughs> but but let, let's, let's, say, let's say hurt, but I mean, he was injured. I don't think he was ever really hurt because he's indestructible, but he would <laughs> he would get injured and be in a lot of pain, but it wouldn't like bother him. He would still be functioning. So my favorite, my number one favorite uh, Lieutenant Dan story was we were what's about maybe sophomores you think i know what this one is <laughs> sophomore the, in high school uh, the black widow <laughs> yeah so so dan, out behind dan's house there was a like an old shed you know that was pretty in some disrepair and where we live oh it's terrible any outbuilding has black widows well we all you know knew that like we roughly avoided them not dan so dan would go out and <laughs> he would mess with these black widows so at some point prior to the day in question Dan had gone out and and gotten bitten by a black widow because he was playing with them. He wanted to mess with them. <laughs> and so he goes in, he got this black widow bite, and his mom takes him to the emergency room. They get the anti-venom or whatever, and, and life's okay. So then, you know, he does it again, and she takes him to the emergency room again, and she she's pretty pissed. And uh, 
So, you know, he gets the anti-vism and she says, you know, you do this again. And like, I'm, you're, you're in tons of trouble and I'm, I'm not, not taking, taking you. Winter. So it, so, so we're, you know, in high school, we're sitting there at break about nine 15 and, and Dan shows up. Oh no, this is before we're before school and he shows up and he's like holding his hand kind of awkward. And we're like, what's up, dude. And Dan's like, I got bit by Black Widow again. <laughs> we're like, what do you mean again? <laughs> so, so he tells us the story, and we're like, Dan, you got to go to the fucking office and get this thing. He's like, no, nah, man, my mom's going to kill me. <laughs> so he doesn't go, and two periods later, we show up at break in the cafeteria again, and Dan's got a hand the size of a softball. <laughs> And he's sitting there. He's like, it's fine. It's fine, it's guys. It's fine. It's fine. And no joke. I mean, I swear to God, it looked like he had, he had like, in, he'd stitched a softball into his hand. So did you, you finally went, right? No, I didn't. I do remember. <laughs> I remember the thing. It didn't even hurt. I remember the thing that I was most worried about is I swore I thought the skin's going to split open any second here. Like, it was, it was, it was hot. Like it didn't feel hot. It was hotter than Oh, no, my God. But it got so swollen, like, you couldn't even push on it anymore, you know? Oh it's like, oh, there was this no, skin is no limit of uh, how much it's going to Oh. And I think that was only a second. I've only been bit twice. So okay. maybe, 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 she bit maybe, twice. maybe she threatened <laughs> you. I, the story's funnier if you did it three times, but <laughs> yeah. maybe she threatened you the first time. I mean, lieutenant in the in a, in a, a, a police lieutenant is like a pretty alpha position, but is there anything more alpha than just like, I just play with Black Widows? Dan's a pretty, I, I would say, <laughs> when, I, when I look up alpha, and when I tell people like, what an alpha is, I just describe lieutenant. <laughs> exactly. So, 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 Brad, would you say that you always thought Dan might end up being a cop? I think yes, and and actually, the more than that, it was. I think he's going to be a good cop. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't the idea of like, oh, there's a lot of dudes that just want to be cops and stuff. But I was like, his his sense of justice and his sense of of right and wrong are going to make him a great cop, and yeah. that's that's yeah. what I, I actually was like. I think that's going to happen. So 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 Dan is a fairly so so your lieutenant is correct, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So in his, his department, I believe that's the third in command, although he is sort of very quick, he's, he's very quickly rising. So he'll eventually be a chief. Um, so Dan's been along. And, and, and one of the things that I, and I, did I say this earlier already that I want to be a cop? No, you haven't said it. Yet. <laughs> okay. Can you well, please tell us about your fantasy so, about so, wanting to be a cop? Because so, I'm so, just I have, so interested. I have a weird, like, like I want to be, I like in another world, another universe, I think I'm a cop. And I and I love the idea like that I would be a cop, like so, a cop teacher, like someone that teaches cops how to no, beat cops. No, like a real cop. Like I imagine myself as like first a beat cop, and then I work my way up, and I'm like a detective, and I have this whole like mo- you know like movie cop career, like the Shield guy. <laughs> yeah. So, so. I, I have to jump in on this. Nate <laughs> Nate's been on several ride-alongs with me, uh, and se- he se- loves se- them. Several is being generous. I think I, I do it for my birthday every year and for Christmas for myself what? every year. And. Nate probably doesn't even know this, but uh, at my department, he's fairly well known because when he shows up, he's not like a normal ride along that sits in the back and is quiet. He asks every single cop, so what are you doing? How you do this? How'd you know this? I think I'm half convinced Nate thinks he's half deputized as a police officer. He's been there enough times. He told us that you basically said he was a cop. He I, thinks, I think in his head a little bit, he thinks, like, I think I'm sworn, right? Like, I can carry a gun now, I carry a gun, I can wear a vest. When I'm on a ride-along, I mean, I feel like I've I've trained enough now <laughs> that that if shit goes down, I know where the shotgun is. I'm just saying. I'm just and, saying I'm here for you. And we all know Nate really well. He's just giddy in the car the entire time. He's just giddy. <laughs> so like, where are we true. going now? Where are we going now? What are we doing? He's just moving around. <laughs> 
It's like, dude, right now we're doing nothing. We're just I, oh my God, that's amazing. And man. I described this to my wife too. And it, I, I told her, like, Dan will, will, he'll get a, what's the code when you have to go really fast? <laughs> Nate's favorite code. Uh, you know, you just, you just got revoked. Is, yeah. <laughs> is it a code 90 or something? Code three. Code three. So when you get it, you get, when you get a code three, it's when you get to go really fast with the sirens on and you don't have to stop at the red lights. And I literally, I hold on to my seat and I just go like, <laughs> I'm just, I have this grin, and and it's not, it's not put on, man. I can't swipe it off my face. I'm like, this is the coolest shit I've ever done. Oh my god, we're going that bad. I'm telling you, man. I I, I don't know oh, what it is, amazing. but I love it. So yeah, so so I so I take advantage of Dan. Dan now is so high up that literally the only time he ever goes out in uniform is when I come. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Dan, we need to go for. I all right, fine. I'll I'll I'll. He, he, he's like an interim director somewhere else. He doesn't even like work at the department half the time now. But he's like, all right, I'll show up if you want to direct. <laughs> Dude, that's that is I, I want to do it now. Like that makes Dude. me want to do it bad. It's so interesting and so fun. And I will say to corroborate what Brad said, I've, I've told lots of people this. Dan's a great cop. He, he's a you know, there's there's tons of issues right with cops. You know, and, you know, and and obviously there are some cops that are bad. There are some you know some training situations that that there's lots of reform going on and there's lots of questions. And I and my take on this is obviously that there's all different kinds of cops. Um, and that often cops get kind of shit on, you know, for, for things that aren't the specific cop's fault, but Dan's a great cop and, and a cop that sort of thinks a lot about why he does the things he does in the job. And so I'm super curious on training day because there's a lot of questions I have about, you know, whether or not this stuff would happen and how this would really occur. And so, so I'm excited to have him on. So thanks for coming on, Dan. Yeah, of course. I want to hear, I want to hear Dan's thoughts on, oh wait, what are we drinking tonight? Oh yeah, what are we drinking with Dan? With Dan? Uh, I'm drinking. I'll, I'll just start really quick. I'm drinking the uh, Hazy Baby once again tonight. So uh, it's Bla- I'm not Blaker Brewing. Blaker Brewing. Blaker Brewing from uh, out of series California. Thank you, Blaker, for the Hazy Baby. Love it. I got our our newest sponsor over here. The uh, the Karate in the Garage. The Double Hazy IPA. It's like 22 percent or some shit. I don't know. My fucking <laughs> my hat is floating off of my head right now after one glass. So. That's a last call. Last call. Last, last, call. Call. last call. Brewing our newest sponsor. Uh, why is it our newest sponsor, Brad? Yeah, because uh, we had the uh, we had Walter Ramirez on uh, our podcast for for Strange Brew when we did our drinking draft, and uh, we were told that we are going to get to make a. BVK IPA. We're going to have a brew day with Last Call Brewing. Uh, And of course, since we did promise, whoever is the one that wants to jump in and and make a beer with us, they're going to be our advertisers for uh, Drinking with the Director. So it is Drinking with the Director sponsored by Last Call Brewing. And I'm actually drinking some. uh, We're recording this on a Thursday, and it is called Don't Stop the Rock. It was a actual collaboration they did with one of their food trucks, which is the Rock Pizza um, so they they made a West Coast IPA that is very solid. Um, so don't stop the rock. Newly can available at the uh, Last Call Brewing Tap Room in Oakdale, California. What uh, flavor diet coke you got going there, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> Grenadine. Flavored. Or I'm sorry, I'm Actually, sorry, diet Pepsi. So, so, I, so, I, so I, I almost went full rage today at Save Mart because I went shopping, and on my list, the one of the two items I couldn't find was grenadine, and I was like. What the fuck's wrong with you guys? How am I supposed to make a fucking Roy Rogers? Roy Rogers? Is this a store? <laughs> do you even do you even provide? Do you even grocer? <laughs> so 
anyway, I, I don't have any grenadine, but I do have some, uh, some, I have a, some sort of bourbon in it. I forget what I dumped in here earlier. So, you know, who knows? Bourbon and diet. What are you drinking over there, Lieutenant? So this is last call. I actually called Brad beforehand and said, hey, sounds like you're drinking good shit every time. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's got and good he taste. he brought me this uh, Simple Chaos. Is that what this is? That's was? what it is, Simple Chaos. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So I haven't had last call, actually, and it's really, really good. Oakdale, right? You said Oakdale. Yeah. Yes, Everybody sir. head out to Last Call Brewing in Oakdale. They got all sorts of events going on on the weekends. Good times. Go say what's up to Walter and tell him you're waiting for that BBK IPA. Oh yeah. All right. So really quick, I know everyone's got questions. I'm just going to open up really quick, Lieutenant Dan. With what did you your thoughts about Training Day? Let's let's break this thing wide open. All right. I could go on probably for two hours on this. So That's it's actually right. kind of interesting because when Nate called me and said, hey, uh, we'd like you to be a guest. We're watching this movie, Training Day. And I was super pumped because I remember seeing this movie 20 years ago and I thought, oh, that's a fucking great one. That's an awesome cop movie. I love it. Perfect. I watched it, I think two days ago, maybe yesterday I finished it off. Oh my God. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The three of you really loved it, and Nate was kind of on the fence. And you know what? That's because Nate's a half deputy. So he knew. <laughs> Deputized. <laughs> but uh, I, I just had a lot of problems with it. Now, there was one thing Zach kind of fired off with where he didn't like the, and you liked the opening 15 minutes. I loved the opening 15 minutes. I thought there was very clearly in this movie. They had some, um, I don't know what you'd call them, but they had some cops that were working as experts and kind of advising him of the situation, right? When he woke up in the morning and he said what he did to his family, I thought that was so great because that is very much for when officers are in those specialty teams where they have that sense of excitement. They know they're going to do a search warrant or something today. It's They know like, hey, there's some danger involved, but this is going to be amazing, so it's that really weird sense of excitement with a little bit of fear, you know, and you're telling your family goodbye. And they they tried to capture that in that first five minutes. I thought it was awesome. They go to the diner. Again, I thought that was awesome. That's the old, crusty uh, senior cop treating the new cop like shit, which is extremely common. Is that how it goes? Do they perfect. haze Do they haze guys like that? Haze them bad. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it, there's a reason for it, whether you agree with it or not. I tend to not agree with it too much, but some positions, especially in you know, um, these vice positions, it is understandable why it happens. You have to make sure you have guys. The idea is, is this, when you have a new officer, you're trying to put them through as much stress as you possibly can to see if they can survive through the stress because the stress they're going to experience through the career is going to be extreme. So are they going to break? And if they're going to break, we don't want to waste a lot of time on them. They just need to break and move on and we get a new officer. So I thought that was really good. Then they get in the car, and they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> then they hit the hydraulics. <laughs> and like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they lost me. <laughs> and then, and going, then just from up. there, I just was kind of like, all right. And and I think it was you, Nate, said it's at one point this just became a parody. And where it became a parody for me, but this is also, I'm going to go back on this in a second. So, okay, I'm trying to accept it all while we're going through it. They get in a a hellacious gunfight, you know, with all these guys, and they just drive off. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try to accept it. (laughs) And here's what one thing that I did catch on when I was watching it is this is Rampart, and you caught that. And this is Rampart we can talk about, a very famous um, incident that, you know, law enforcement's extremely ashamed of that was... um, Oh, so you had heard of that before. Oh, Rampart's very famous. I've never heard of that. Okay. 
Uh, I think there was like 70 officers total that were oh, um, wow. captured in the Rampart incident. Three or four that were major, but there, there was bank robberies involved. There was homicides involved. They were stealing drugs out of evidence room. Very bad incident. But anyway, I thought this is tailored around that, but in a 24-hour period as opposed to several years. Interesting. Right. So anyway, they get in the shooting, and I thought, okay, that would never happen. The one that really <laughs> where I was like, I'm done. I don't know if I could finish, <laughs> is when they go and they get in the shooting with the off the retired officer, Roger his name was, yeah. and steal yeah, yeah, his yeah. money. They shoot him, kill him. And then two hours later, they're just back at work, you know, and they're going to the, to the gangbanger's house. And it's like, they just shot and killed an off-duty. Did they just come out and go, all right, we're all good. That's my go back main, this happened, you know. It's a good shoot. Rook, Rook shot Rook, him. Early yeah. investigation says it's a good shoot. Get on, get, get Rook, back to yeah. it. Rook came in spraying. I mean, main they question notice. is, he's just standing there and I'm like, wouldn't he get drug tested? Isn't there some paperwork that needs to get filled <laughs> out at this point? So he, he, <laughs> said, he says, he talks about, I mean, there's, there's a couple things he explains there. One, he says that. If you don't agree that it, you're the one that shot him, he's like, if you want your blood test and not get to the lab, you yeah. need to agree with us. So he, he kind of basically says that Which we'll make Which is completely sure. ridiculous. I, I'm okay with the blood test. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they could get away with not getting him blood tested. That does happen. Some agencies, because the unions are strong and they fight it for whatever reason. Okay, fine, whatever. You don't think anybody noticed that his car had bullet holes in the window? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. He's just parked across the street. The not only the fact that. I mean, this is in the city. It's in L.A., so there's going to be a ton of neighbors. The co- People are going to notice, like, hey, they kicked in the door an hour before because they dug out the safe. <laughs> right. But then we heard a shotgun an hour after they'd been in the house. I, that was weird. You Denzel know, like- smoked 14 <laughs> cigarettes before yeah. they actually. So there was just the other thing is when you named off the movies that that director had made, I was some of those are some of my favorite movies. I love Tears of the Sun. Some of those are excellent movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like they had an excellent idea. And then when they tried to put it together, they're like, guys, let's just do the best we can and hope nobody notices all this, <laughs> all these things that don't fit. And sure enough, I think when he made it, he's like, man, these sons of bitches, nobody even noticed all this shit. <laughs> no cops went and saw this movie. This and is fucking perfect. And here's where my biggest problem with the movie is. I think this happened in 2001. And I think this movie took itself very, very seriously instead of being a parody. And I think people watch it and go, see, that shit happens. That's the kind of stuff that happens. And it kind of has evolved into some of the problems we have today. You know what I mean? Now, I say that when some of this kind of has happened. Rampart has happened. But Rampart was very different. They were also taken down by law enforcement, not by any other you know means. Uh, but that was no, probably no. one of my... So the Russian mob did not... No, the Russian mob didn't, <laughs> didn't come in at the end and kill him. That was probably one of my bigger problems, which I don't fault them for now, because who knows that when you're making the movie? But right. I think that is a big problem. And people go to the movies, they watch it, and they're like, yeah, I know it's a movie, but still, that stuff's kind of real. And it's just not... Denzel it's was just, really good in that. That's how it happens. So I got a few questions. Denzel was excellent in that. I will agree with that. <laughs> I got a few quick questions, mostly for Lieutenant Dan, one for, for Nick here. So just give me your sort of like quick reaction here. So he says, don't you want to get your own division? Oh, oh, he says, you know, someday I want to get my own division. This is early. This is one of the scenes you liked. He says, you should see the houses that those guys have. I mean, are you really making a shit ton of money if you're the, what does it mean to be a division leader? In, division in, chief. Or division something? chief no. in L.A.? Now, here's the other thing about LAPD, and I'm not an expert on LAPD, but um, LAPD has a very, um, how do I describe this? They're... Legacy of being an LAPD officer is very high, right? You're, you're part of LAPD. That means a lot. 
everybody around them actually pays quite a bit more. <laughs> but the reason they recruit and the reason they're able to get officers is because people want to say, I'm LAPD, yeah. which means a lot. I mean, now LAPD is huge. There's 10,000 officers in LAPD alone. Wow. Um, but no, I mean, there's some famous movies that are um, uh, Lethal Weapon, for example. I remember... I remember when I watched it as a kid, I was like, I want to be a cop. And if I get a sergeant, I get that guy's house. Do you remember that guy's house? In oh, yeah. yeah. Like a mansion. A, he lived yeah. in a mansion. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. But they do, they do fine. But no, especially in that area, they're not buying that kind uh, of thing. And, and how hard. So the other, like the big argument of this whole thing is like, you'll make detective. Like how hard, is it really that hard to make detective? Do you really have to smoke PCP to make detective? Uh, you don't have to smoke PCP. <laughs> but being detective, making detective. Um, so I have done that before as well. PCP? And, not <laughs> but uh, detectives and detectives can be difficult to, um, do you mean to become to, to, to get, become a to detective. Okay. So you have to figure at a normal agency, say of a hundred officers, they're probably only going to have five to six detectives. Um, so to get, and they're probably only going to have a handful, maybe two or three of homicide detectives and everybody wants to be homicide. It's very difficult to get into that. So that, so that is a deal. Like you would, you, if you really wanted that, like, like some people at this table, um, you might really, <laughs> you might really do some extreme shit, you know, some really, really you, like toe the line a little to try to, that try is to a, um, effective. I don't know. It's not a career changer, but it is a career staple. So for me, for example, I'm not as proud of the rank I'm at now as much as the fact that I was in detectives. Like oh, okay. I, that was, now that was for me personally, like that was one of the best parts of my life and one of the worst. It was very high stress, um, but a lot of reward at the same time. It's one of those, you know, uh, pinnacles of your career type thing. You don't want to do it forever, but it's very rewarding when you're in it. Is it high stress because there's a lot of pressure put on you by people above you or like the media or the community or is it it on yourself? No, it's high stress on yourself. So as you can imagine, this is how it is, especially if you get into homicide. Um, And you're not aware of it until you really get into it. But there is only one person on the planet, if somebody dies, that's going to find justice for that dead person. And that's that homicide cop. Really? And so if somebody gets killed at this table, whoever's assigned to investigate that case, if you mess up a little bit, there's no justice for that individual. It never goes anywhere, you know? And so sometimes there's a line they use in there. There was so many things in that movie where it was very clear that they had some ex-cops. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Right. He says that several times. That's a very common saying in law enforcement. You can solve a murder in your head and know exactly who did it. It doesn't matter what you know, it's what you can prove. Uh, There was another thing that I'd like to touch on real quick, just where I was like, man, they had some experts on this. At one point when he, when he, uh, they served the fake search warrant on, what's her name? Macy Gray. Macy Gray. So they throw her down. Denzel says, "Um, I'm going to search a house. You clear her. If you notice, you won't even catch it unless probably you're in law enforcement. He, he handcuffs her and he turns and starts to search the couch. And what he's going to do, that's every cop would do that, but nobody else would catch that. What he's going to do is he knows he's going to pick her up and put her on the couch, but one of the most common spots they hide weapons is in the couch cushion. So he's searching the couch to make sure there's no I, weapons in the cushions. Oh, never wow. noticed that. I never, and uh, so somebody told him, this is what you will do. Because he turned immediately, and it was only for a second, and he ripped, started ripping off the cushions. And that's what he was doing is um, somebody had told him. And I thought that's kind of, I mean, they clearly had somebody every scene. The director really tried to make this a serious movie. And I think for me, 
That's why it failed because <laughs> it eventually it became a paradigm. You're like, if they're going to take the like, time to do this, then yeah, how are you going to exactly. let all this other shit go? Was there exactly. any other moments that stood out to you, though, like that? Like, I'm just curious because that, that were like, where it like, seems genuine type thing. Yeah, that. Um, no. Is that like the main one? <laughs> See, I, I almost compared it to something like like Any Given Sunday, where it's like it it was a movie that they do a lot of things that are really like interesting as far as realism yeah, with I football and things like that. But it's also this super like grandiose, like, a Hollywood version, hyper right? version yeah. of yeah. of what a, a football uh, pro football would look like. Oliver Stone's view of yeah, what football and so is. I mean, I think that's kind of the thing that's going on here is that it's 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 trying to be realistic and get some of those details right, but at the same time, it's also this hyper uh hollywoodized type of of, of cop movie so nick yeah. and this, that's a great transition because one of my next question is for nikki college college football quarterback and and uh, high school football coach is ethan hawk really a strong safety i mean are, are we buying high that? school high school you could at north hollywood high maybe north hollywood, yeah. hollywood high high school just puts a he just has he lowers his shoulder and puts a fucking what i love is that somebody. like denzel takes a second look at him like huh. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't Do I want to fuck with this guy? Yeah, strong safety, and he does fight kind of like he's kind of he fights above. He's, well, he's scrappy, scrappy yeah. Like, he's, he's not he's yeah. Hard-nosed. He can take a hit. Oh, that's a question I have, Lieutenant. So, when he says that he put him in an illegal chokehold, are there moves that you're not allowed to do? On yeah. a, really? So that chokehold actually is one of them. Now, up until very recently, we could use that chokehold. Um, it's called a carotid, I think, if I remember it correctly. There. So the carotid was you pretty highly used by everybody. I could show you later. I'll put you in it. You're yeah. out in a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been wanting to pass out. It's essentially a, a rear naked <laughs> choke in MMA, right? That would be amazing. Yeah, no, pod. carotid is you're blocking the two carotid um, arteries, and you're out literally in a second or two. Works great. The problem is... <laughs> One in a million, somebody messes up and the guy dies. And yeah. then that yeah. gets, you know, then they say you can't use that anymore. Yeah. So pretty much there's very few agencies that are still using that. LAPD at this the time of this movie probably had already made it where you can't use it. The, the most famous for this one is, um, I don't remember his name, but it was in New York. That Eric, officer, Eric Garner. Eric Garner. Yeah. It was a loud maneuver at that time. So the officer jumped on Garner's back, did the carotid. Uh, Garner passed away later. I don't remember if he died from the carotid. I don't think you, he did. You can't die from the carotid, as I understand it. I'm not a doctor um, itself, but it can lead to other complications. The fall or the passing but, out. It, yeah. But that's insane to me that you could be in a life or death situation and you're supposed to, in the back of your head, be thinking, okay, I can't get him in this hold. I guess I got to try something else. Like, that's crazy to me. Well, welcome. That's everything in our right? field. Right <laughs> I mean, that's, there's like um, a lot of split-second decisions that you guys are making, and I feel like there's also parameters that are put on those decisions. So there's like there's a lot of processing that you guys are going through in like split-second decisions, which is, which is kind of crazy. Now, if it's life or death, pretty much anything is acceptable. Okay. I, mean, I mean, it's all – it's supposed to be judged on – we're kind of getting off topic of the movie, but everything is supposed to be judged on reasonableness of the officer. Okay. So what that means is is not – and this is where we kind of forget it in society in general. We're judging everything on what does Nate, who thinks he's a police officer, does he think that's appropriate? I'm, I'm like a half deputy. So uh, I'm a half deputy like Nick has. I'm, I'm, he's just I'm, trying I'm to de- get the, keep the chief off his back. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a half deputy like Nick has half wins. <laughs> so what the, what the uh, standard is supposed to be is, is somebody with equal training and experience think that's reasonable does that make sense do you see the difference there a little bit so we judge it unfortunately on does society think it's acceptable it's supposed to be based on what still 
I shouldn't say supposed to be because it still is based on no with with the same level of uh, training and experience is what that would it's your, like what would it's your like peers how, think it's like how writers vote hall of fame players into the hall of fame yeah right yeah that makes it zero yeah it's <laughs> a good that's a good uh, yeah. uh, comparison so, so, that, that only one mlb player has had like a hundred percent uh uh support from the writers in baseball and there's anyways that, yeah like, that's gonna give me like i'm gonna get myself started on like a tangent all right <laughs> no, but that, that's that's any job though i mean if, if and, and that's the thing i think like you're saying there's so many people that have seen police in movies and all the Hollywood stereotypes and stuff that it's immediately like, Oh, I can, I have, I can have an opinion about this versus if you ask most anybody in their profession and you say, we're going to have somebody who doesn't do your profession. They're going to be the ones that judge right. your actions. Right. You're going to be like bullshit. That's stupid. Why would, why would we allow uh, that? I, if you, the amount of times people have said, we'll just shoot the gun out of their hand. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know how hard that is? I mean, even my, my, my wife, I've been married 20 years and she used to say shit all the time until very recently. Like, why well, just shoot them in the eye so they don't bother me? You shoot them in the eye. <laughs> it's game over. You don't, you don't just. I don't want to kill the temporary. guy. I just want to shoot him in the eye. <laughs> I mean, that's, and that's not how it works, you know? But, or, the, you know, the most famous is, we'll just shoot him in the leg, shoot the wound. Yeah, so they can't run away or well, something like well, that. To, to even yeah. make the assumption that, that most cops actually use their weapons and actually shoot somebody like i mean what what percentage of cops actually are ever firing at somebody? i don't know the percentage but it's extremely low i've been shot at <laughs> several times so i never actually shot at anybody so what percentage um, of cops have two guns in armpit holsters that they shoot at, like a T. <laughs> so they have one upright, but one sideways, and just cack, cack, Did you cack, see cack, his cack, technique? Cack. Like, yeah, he obviously went to uh, tra- basic it. training a long time ago because he was like, the just way that he like rubs them together <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. makes them like, mm. like, why don't all cops rub their two armpit guns together? At a, 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 I have a, seen an, a guy at training one time when I was a new officer off duty and he carried two guns, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Just in case, firing well. them both though. The one, the reason he does turn the one sideways is, and I and I read this is don't that justify it. <laughs> he said, if you were firing them both at the same time, you have the chance that the cartridge is going to fling out into your other hand and burn your hand, and you're going to drop that gun. So that's why you would fire one sideways, one. I, think I he, mean, he was let me say to look this. Badass. That okay, that's somebody that actually put a lot of thought into why he's doing it. But when we go to the range, which we go all the time, you're always standing right next to some other a-hole and he's shooting and every damn time the brass is flying going in your shirt going in your face burning you i've never dropped my i've never went damn it that stings yeah. <laughs> well not to mention they're just firing two weapons at the same time your aim is going to be just <laughs> insanely yeah, he's not aiming at all he's literally running and like doing the move where you like throw the gun at the target while shooting it yeah. <laughs> This isn't a visual medium, but if you can see what I was doing right now, it's ridiculous. He was trying to shoot the guns out of their hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so at one point he talks about whether or not he, he he's made for undercover, and I th- for me, if if I have to sum up, the one like nagging problem for this whole movie is: is there anything at all undercover about? like Lonzo or any of his crew. I mean, the dude, the massive 45s underneath his armpits, he goes back and forth between the, 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 the sparkly gold chain that has the cross, but then he <laughs> occasionally slaps the, the badge on it. Is that the, would we call that undercover? So the end, that part, also, Nate, again, awesome that you're a half off that you catch things like this. I pick these things up, guys. 
because I'm up. So the one <laughs> thing that you're going to do, like if you're undercover, one of the things, even in a, I, I mean, I don't work in a city like LAPD, obviously, but one thing, criminals are not dumb. They're very intelligent and they're going to do what's called, um, I'm drawing a blank, but it's reverse surveillance, basically. They're going to be looking for cops and trying to identify who the undercovers are. If you're driving a way pimped out black Monte Carlo, <laughs> every criminal immediately is going to go, hey, this uh, Monte Carlo with you know, personalized plates and uh, hydraulics is Alonzo. And <laughs> I mean, cop. the bigger agencies actually rotate. They get cars through insurance companies and everything else, and they rotate their undercover cars quite frequently. And you never have anything that stands out like that. Yeah, never. you don't want something wait, that you're going to notice. You don't well, want to be on hydraulics. Yeah. So they don't do a whole lot of stressing the undercover side. He no, mentions it. Yeah, he mentions the, it. The, the sense does. that I get from everyone in in the movie on their relationship with Alonzo is it's clear that they know what he is. They know, and they know that he knows. They they just have a, you get a sense that they feel like they can't get the best of him if they want to. They hate him. Almost everyone seems like when they deep down they hate this dude. But that he knows and knows how to pull all the strings, knows all the ropes, and is crooked as hell, and is like he said, ruthless, ruthless ass vato. That's what they say in the, the hillside trace crew, like up there, and uh, and sniper. So like they know who he is. You get that sense too, though. I I took it as I think they sold it initially that it's an undercover unit, but he played it more like a gang unit, which is yeah, the, it's like vice, like gang type stuff, right? So the gang yes. is not really vice. They're, you know, their gang units are more like, just like Alonzo did, where they know who they are. Right. They're actually just trying to build rapport with the gang They go members. up and talk to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then um, knowing, you know, whenever anything happens, they can identify the players that are involved. And they have a decent rapport and they try to get confessions from them and everything else. And I, I think realistically that's more what he was. But I do think in the movie they kind of said we're an but undercover they, they unit. They call you undercover unit, yeah. They don't. Like He's not undercover. The only one that looks like he was undercover is Zed. So, my, yeah. <laughs> my, Zed. one of my questions I had for you, Dan, is how many necklaces do you wear? And do you layer them or yeah. do you have them outside of your shirt? <laughs> oh, I do have. I, I guess I'll bring it out here, but I do wear the badge around uh, my neck. So, a lot of the officers Connected do to wear a that. cross of diamonds? I don't do that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, one. I guess one is the answer to that. That's kind of a gangster move is wearing the necklace badge. I, I, if I, so you don't have to wear the, the suit, right? The, no, I wear uh, this. What I have on. That's so, kind of badass. When I when I'm when I'm on the ride along, I wear my my play badge on the necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Just like it says sheriff on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one they give the kids that come and do the tour of the station. It's a plastic. We get a sticker. But but I think it's legit. <laughs> I just see Nate slapping on the red light. <laughs> we give him a Nerf gun. <laughs> just hit him with that. It's like a taser, man. I promise. Uh, actually, I did make Dan tase me once on a ride along, but the taser. Seriously? Yeah. But it didn't I don't work. remember this in the face. No, I, I, I all night I, from the beginning of the night, I, I open, you know, I get in the car and I go, Dan, I think you, I want you to tase me. And he's like, no, you don't want me to tase. You. <laughs> I was like, No, I'm serious, man. I want to see what it's like. You know, I heard you guys have to do. He's like, Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want me to tase you. And I was like, Yeah, I kept insisting. So the end of the night, uh, you know, we're, we're we just leave like a domestic call, and uh, we, we're because that's what we call it when we're cops, and. Uh, <laughs> And so we, we, we go out and, uh, he's like, all right, you know, this is the last stop. We're going to head back in the, one of the officers that was with him, uh, he has his taser and he's like, you got your taser. He's like, yeah, but it's only like 30%. He's like, perfect. He's like, tase him. So I got a jacket and a shirt on. And so I'm like, okay, tase me on the arm, you know, and I'm prepared for this 30% taser to be like, you know, whatever. And he tases me and I didn't lift my arm for about an hour. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was awesome. I don't even remember but that. I'm pretty sure that's part of that. That was the last part of my training, so I think <laughs> now you're official. <laughs> oh, oh that's amazing. All right. Well, I mean, are we good? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, did you I, did you tear me up? Did you ask me the questions you want to ask me? I I, I just well, the one I want really wanted to ask, I, I'll ask you another one. The one I want to ask you was about the safety one, but the other one. So so, or can we? Or do you want to do it later? Let, well, mean, let's let's talk about this this one here. This is a good spot for this last topic. Okay, if I'm gonna pick on it, but I I think we need to like go around because I, I think there's been a lot of discussion of the things that are problems with the movies, and I want to talk about what I love too. But the last thing that I that I'm concerned about is really just it's not even a cop thing as so much as it's a plot thing, which is why do you bring in Ethan Hawke on day one? Like, so so I was so so for the longest time when I saw this, I was so bothered by this because I'm like, why would you even consider like having this guy who's a rookie? Why wouldn't you just push him off and do this thing on a different day? So that's one of my problems with this too. Is like this is a big day for you. Right. right. <laughs> well, and, and some of it, so, so, so some of what I saw, so there are a couple things that like mitigated this for me. One, it's clear that, that I hadn't really paid attention to before, but Lonzo clearly lost his cool and beat the shit out of a Russian that weekend. Right. And so his, t- the timing is on him a little bit. He's got to make this move. So, but I was still a little bit like, well, well, why are you, why don't you just make him an excuse? I mean, you can find a way to push this guy off. But then, so today I was kind of like, okay, well, is he, you know, is there, can we interpret the plot as being like, it's very important for him to have this guy to be the fall guy? I think that's what they're going for, but I think that's a big roll of the dice by, by Denzel. Like, what, well, what? the fall guy for what, right? Because, for killing well, the guy. Cause he knows he's going to kill that guy. That's why he goes and sees him that morning. Check out what's going they on. They could have made him the fall guy when they did, but they didn't. Well, yeah, they, I, th- they I think no it's, it's, it's a, a sink or swim. Him. Either he all of a sudden is like down with the business and they're like, he's like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And it's like, let, let's go, go team go. Or he kind of is what Ethan Hawke is, and then he, he you're pull, like, now we have a patsy. But he, have flipped, a but he flipped a shotgun on Denzel in that room. like, And so he's going to, like, he could have easily still yeah. had his boys, like, take him down. Or, like, I, in that moment, like, he he knew that Ethan wasn't the guy. He flipped the gun on him. He held the shotgun to his face on the couch, and he's he's like, no, this is but the guy. But if any of them shoot, then they're immediately gun, their guns are going to be confiscated. They're going to ballistics, and they'll know who fired. I, I think they're going to take shoot. Dr. Dre's Uzi. I didn't mean. No, How many Uzis do you have, Dan? <laughs> we have none. Actually, we, don't have any do have, we have a uh, Tommy gun. We do have a Tommy you have gun. A Tommy gun? Good. What? Oh I think I God. showed you that. You did show me that. So we confiscated it from somebody. And yeah, but a... you don't take it to like no, house invasions. You're not like I'm going to put on my jean jacket suit and go kill someone with this Uzi. No, never carried it. It's actually quite heavy. The thing I couldn't believe how heavy the damn thing. It's impractical. The Tommy gun. You can't take it anywhere. I will say though, on this, what you guys are talking about the. Um, topic that's actually was my favorite part of the movie the fact <laughs> really? that this was pre-planned from a he he knew that i have one day to um Dude, basically set somebody up a new guy and then i'm gonna have to kill him at the end of the day because i need a million bucks and he knew where he was gonna have to pull in that million bucks right. and that to me was the the main story which i really liked like he had this all planned Every step, and he wasn't going to kill one of his own guys because he, he clearly the camaraderie amongst the group was very high. Yeah. So he brought in a new guy with the plan to kill him by the end of the um, day, um, and, and he had to get his million bucks. And this I, and guy had to kill Roger, and then he was going to kill this guy. So I will say that, Nikki, this, I came around a little more on Dan's perspective on this round where I was like, okay, 
so I see that where the like sort of twisty and then it, it helps me play back into some of the earlier stuff. And I will say that the other thing I wanted to comment on that I really hated in some of the earlier version, earlier watches that I liked more this time. And, and Dan mentioned it earlier was there's this kind of level of like disrespect and hazing that uh, there's a point at which it bothers me, which is namely, as I mentioned earlier, the point where like there's the gun battle and he's like, that wasn't cool, man. But prior to that, I also didn't like it. Like I felt like, man, would you ever tolerate this shit? Like, would you smoke the, you know, smoke the weed? He doesn't know it's PCP. Would you like, you know, tolerate somebody, you know, to, you know, he's obviously he's, he's a cop. He's been a cop a while. You know, would you tolerate somebody like treating you that way? But when I thought about it, I was like, okay, you know, I can remember some times where like people were pretty hazy, disrespectful to me in at points in my career where I tolerated it because you're in that power dynamic and, and because like, you want something you want something yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and i wrote that down i was like it's the power of somebody wanting something and somebody having something to give like and so so i i think this time around i thought a little more carefully and i liked that more so there were things about and, and when you think of it that way in some ways it's a really great showcase of that like denzel is a master hot and cold manipulator right oh, that's i got it's that just like such it. a like he's he's super tough gruff and then he and then he him tells him you're a real scrapper <laughs> you know what you can really do this but, but it kind of falls apart squabbles. when he says oh you got to get high because the, the the bad guys will know you're not real unless you're high but then they all know he's a cop anyway, so it's like they know Denzel's a cop, so why does he have to, like, fake it? Yeah, they tried to sell him as undercover, but again, they're not undercover. <laughs> but, that, but that was, I thought it was a really good idea. Again, I'm going to go back to where I thought this was an excellent idea when somebody sold it to the, you know, the, the producer, and they said, hey, this is the movie we're going to make. Excellent idea. And then somebody went. This doesn't work, but hopefully nobody really notices. <laughs> and I don't think most people I'm notice. I'm sure that no happens all thought, the time. In I thought it was awesome, just like you said, where they did do, they set it up really nice, but I just don't think anybody would do that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially well, in an hour. Inside an hour, I'm going to be like smoking weed and uh, <laughs> this was getting a crazy training. shootout, no. you know, and be like, oh, Dan, I guess I'm all right with Dan it. Dan did yeah. this exact thing to me, by the way, on my second round. <laughs> so just don't, don't listen to his bullshit, all right? Dan, before you leave, I, I would be remiss not to uh, address your knowledge of PCP. So, Sherm, uh, Angel Dust, I'm curious. Is it Sherm or have Germ? You, Sherm. Sherm. So, Sherm? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're versed on this. So, <laughs> I'm curious to know... Have you had any experience with bad guys on PCP, and do they act very subdued and silly like uh, Ethan Hawke? Because I was picturing PCP as, like, the crazy dudes that, like, get shot, like, 20 times, and they're still coming after you, and it's, like, something crazy like that. Because he seems like he's just really stoned and, like, having, having some weird visuals. Is, so I, I, I'm going to let you down a little bit. I have very little experience. Oh, with my god, It's not used much anymore. Um, nowadays, they use meth because it's cheaper than cigarettes, but... Um, PCP, what I do know about it is it doesn't get you, well, I think they tried to portray it a little bit where he was all sweaty. It gets you extremely hot. Usually they just get naked and oh, really? crazy stuff from there. Yeah. It's the naked drug. That's um, when he whooped those crackheads ass though. That's I mean, my alternate was... ending is just Ethan Hawke just gets really hot and gets naked. He's <laughs> 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 just, they're like, we're trying Not to kill this guy. He's like, fuck, it's hot in here, bro. <laughs> like Ricky Bobby and Talladega <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. I think next episode we're going to have to have a PCP expert on because I'm my PCP questions are not, not, are answered. not answered. Yeah, well, Dan, did, <laughs> Dan can do a lot for us, uh, but not, not for some uh, reason. Sorry. I was like, this guy's a cop. He knows all about PCP. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to ask him all my PCP questions. <laughs> 
He's got Tommy gun. He's got to know about PCP. <laughs> um, well, Lieutenant Dan, are we are we good? Yeah, I'm good. Dan, you got anything? Any parting thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. There was one question. I think you had Zach about uh, is everybody ripped when they? Oh, uh, yeah. oh I do have oh, that question yeah. right here. Is all criminals insanely buffed? So uh, here's the thing with that, and it's actually a very good question because one thing that we do watch for is if it's a gang member or appears to be a gang, gang member and they're yoked and in shape, we know they're probably on parole because they just came out of prison. Right. None of these goes guys go to that. What's that place called? Planet Fitness or yeah. <laughs> that purple place? <laughs> where the, going to Planet yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once they get out, they're getting fat and lazy again. But when they come out, and if we see them and they're in very good shape, there's a very good indicator that, oh, this guy just got out of the pin because they have nothing to do there except for work out. Is it true that the other inmates are like the shot callers in prison force them to work out in prison? No, there's a, it depends on the gang that you're in. So um, Nortenos, tend, I'm not a gang expert. I never did actually do into gangs, but certain gangs are very structured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I mean by that is they have like almost like the military where they have to get up at a certain time in the morning. The Aryan Brotherhood's very strong about this, very strict about this. You have to get up. You have to work out for you this amount of time. You always have to have your boots you on, have to have. Yep, you have to have a proper diet. Um and I believe it's the Norteños that are very strict about this. They are very regiment. Um, they have a hierarchy where there's a rank structure that is followed to a T. Like there is no arguing with the rank structure whatsoever. And then there's gangs that have actually split off because they don't agree with that. So we have some in our area that are the local gangs that said, hey, I don't want to deal with this. I want to just chill and do nothing in jail. So they broke off and created their, their own gangs. But many gangs are very, very structured. To the level of, if not more than the military, wow. where it's very structured, but it's only inside. When they get out, it still is structured, but not as much. All bets are off once you get out, huh? Yeah. Ah, that's crazy. That is crazy. That's good stuff, man. That's Dan, thank you so much for coming out, man. Yeah. We really appreciate thank it. You, yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, Dan. Dan. Dan is a, has was a, has been a fan of the pod since nearly the beginning, and so uh, so it's it's awesome to finally have you on. Well, you're basically like his partner. Well, you know, I, you're I, his cop I, partner. I considered saying that that we should not. Dan and I should be available as a potential <laughs> cop duo in the in the upcoming uh, cop duos draft. And and there may be a YouTube video out there with us in it. I don't know, so we'll just, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. I'm due for a ride along, by the way, Dan. So you, you expect yeah. you ex- expect me to bug you soon. Christmas is around. We're all going to pack. We're all going to try to pack into one car. Just all five of us. <laughs> just all five in the share in the in the lieutenant's uh, SUV. Just you know, maybe we'll record a pod when we do it. We're trying to get something from each judge we have. We've got a beer, and now we want to ride along too. <laughs> we're not pandering at all, though. <laughs> oh, right. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are moving on to um, shag, snag, body bag. And um, we want to talk about first what we want to shag, what you uh, want to make quick, passionate love to. <laughs> Why one, does it have to be quick? One time. One time. One time. Not quick. One time. 
like one time and then, but, but and it's then like bye a, bye. But like one time, but like 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 one of those like twelve hour sessions. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. It's like hey, it's like a sweaty. It's like hey, dehydrated. Quick, quick in terms of life, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like one like night. you order the pizza halfway through just to refuel. <laughs> one of those. Yeah, I want that. Get rid of pizza. Your shit pushed in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, that that scene, I, I didn't bring that this up. That guy is so that, great. That, that, that guy is too, big time. That, that wait, guy. wait, wait, wait. No, no. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put the kibosh in this. Let me. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about my shag, we'll please. About Let it. me right. get to my shag. Okay. We're gonna kick, I, it, I kick it straight to in Brad. Fact, I'm starting off right now. Brad. I'm starting off <laughs> right now. My shag is Raymond Cruz. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> because Raymond Cruz is—he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, and Two I remember, beers, baby. <laughs> I remember him first from uh, uh, *Clear and Present Danger* as Dean Chavez. Uh, he's the sniper in in *Clear and Present Danger*, which is funny because in his name, sniper in uh, in *Training Day*. And of course, his probably most notorious and famous role is Tuco Salamanca from uh, *Breaking Bad*. Tight, tight. tight. <laughs> so, so, so his the, he has lots of lines as Tuco, but the one, the only one I can ever remember, but I say this in my head about seventeen times a week is tight. Tight, 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 tight. I love it. I love it. I, it's, it's, it works in almost every situation. He, his neck action. He oh. gets so excited so, so, when, in this movie. And what I wrote down was, this is just, this is just him playing Tuco in a different movie. I mean, he's just exactly the same character. Well, Training Day. Is. Yeah, he went sniper. He brought sniper to Tuco's role. Yeah, so I mean, it's perfect. But the, the funny thing is, I, I read up a little bit on him and loves the stage acting like he loves being on stage like more than anything he's like he said basically says i do movies and stuff because then it gives me like the ability just to go do like stage stuff when i want to mm, that's cool which is cool uh all right i'm so can i go now brad or are you gonna do yes, you want to do a second I just, you guys are about <laughs> to get all up in my raymond chavez business i had to make i mean raymond cruz i had to make sure raymond cruz was all for me uh, all right i'm shagging that all right nay what you got uh i'm gonna shag uh being a cop <laughs> Um, I'm going to shag it in real life, uh, but I'm also going to shag in this movie. I mean, one of the things that I, that I reflected on a little bit was just how many cop movies there are on what a genre like grab or like it, it is its own genre, right? More, maybe more than any other profession I could think of, maybe like doctor, you know, like hospital type movies. So you're a doctor, but it was hard for me to think of any other thing other than like maybe pro athlete that even approached it. Just like being a cop is just this like movie fantasy and it's easy to see why, right? There's some glory, there's some drama in it. There's some, uh, there's this like lots of different ways you can play it with the corruption and the, and, and different parts. I just, I love it. I want to be it. I am partially a deputized police officer. And so I, I can, I live it. Um, but I'm a shagger. <laughs> so, I'm going to piggyback on Nate's because we have the exact same shag, and that is wanting to be a cop. I don't think, I mean, as an American male young man, I think that every little boy at some point thinks that they want to be a cop. And I think a lot of that is what Dan was saying is perpetuated by cop movies and TV shows and the way that it's portrayed on TV, which, uh, you know, I've had some friends that were cops that, you know, weren't as articulate as Dan, but said a lot of things like, God, it's the most fucking boring job ever interspersed with like little tiny moments of extreme terror, which is uh, like a great way to describe it. I think they're just like you just sit around and do nothing constantly. And then all of a sudden, like you're just scared out of your mind. And then, oh, OK, now you're back to normal. But uh, so I don't think any of you guys know this about me. But at some point after I 
got fired from Bubba Gump's and uh, was doing a bunch of odd jobs, I decided as a young man that I was going to be a police officer. And I went to San Jose uh, PD and did a tour of the police station like <laughs> Nate's talking about. I went to Cabrillo College and uh, took a bunch of criminal justice classes. And uh, I was convinced that I was going to be a cop at some point. I don't, I'm not sure exactly Holy what shit. happened, but that, that the dream never was realized. <laughs> but, uh, at some point in my life, I remember sitting down at dinner and telling my dad that I wanted to be a cop and he was like, why? <laughs> and I was like, ah, just, you know, it just seems like something that's like, you know, it's a respectable profession and something that I want to do. And he was just like, Okay. <laughs> and uh I, I never shit. I never actually made it happen but I did for about a year of my life I took two semesters worth of classes in criminal justice and I was convinced that that I was going to that I was going to do that so I'm going to shag uh being a police officer I think that it is wow. it, it's it's super cool and it is probably just you know the media or, or not not the media but like TV and movies telling me that it's cooler than what it actually is. But when you meet somebody like Dan and he's super articulate, super thoughtful about all of these different issues and things like that. And, you know, we were talking off the air about a bunch of different issues and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I really respect what what these guys are doing. And I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be shitty people in any profession, but there's also going to be guys that really care and are really doing a good job. And it's uh, it's it's really refreshing to see. So well, that's the heart of it. Like, what are they? They're there to help exactly that's at the core of what they're doing and not just help others but save lives like every day while their lives risking their are on the line 100 percent, possibly every day Um, it doesn't get much more honorable than that outside of military as far as i'm concerned my my take on the police is that it's such a weird profession in the sense that most of your interactions with with human beings while you're at your job is going to be people at their worst moments. Exactly. Yeah, and the thing. fact that you are, are having to deal with that on, on a constant day-to-day basis of people in their worst moments, whether it's a, a car accident, whether it's a, a suicide, whether it's a, um, a domestic disturbance, you're always finding people on their, at their worst. And in, you're inserting yourself, right? Like you're, and, you, and, you, you, and that's why I think that the job's so difficult yeah. and why I think when I hear people talk about uh, reforming police and, and things like that. I, I, I understand there's a, a place for it because you're asking police officers to do a, a lot of they things. They wear a lot of hats. Right. And, sure. and, it, and, it, and sometimes it almost seems overwhelming. And, and it's just, well, if we could figure out ways to make it easier on them, I think it, it would be better for, for society. I mean, it sometimes reminds me of like the way that, you know, we think back on the Vietnam War vets returning home, right? And like, there's this enormous amount of anger that, you know, for in, in history, looking at it historically, probably was very well placed about the, you know, the sort of United States being there and the sort of behavior of the government with respect to sort of being in Vietnam and why they were there and a lot of people dying. Um, but then, you know, you talk about these vets who show up and like get spit on and stuff. And there's just this enormous anger at the at the in the personnel that are part of this like big system. And by and large, are there trying to do you know, sometimes honorable things, sometimes just trying to survive, sometimes just trying to have a job, sometimes just trying to do something that is going to get them an education eventually. And you look at that, you know, and I, I think about that a lot with, with, you know, police officers where I, you know, of course there are some rotten ones. And of course there are police officers that because they're within a certain system and they because they have those interactions over and over again, they, 
you know, they end up doing things at times or behaving in ways that respond to really bad incentives. And it looks like they're bad behavior. But, you know, most cops are out there doing things for the right reasons or at very minimum trying to just do the job well that they're trying to do and support their families. And we have, you know, society has a lot of, I think, sort of misplaced anger at that rather than sort of thinking about reform as a function of creating, you know, a better system, right? And not so much like somehow we're going to change these people that are that are somehow rotten. It just seems like, you know, an, an odd odd leap to me. But I'm a cop, so. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this is from an honorary uh, cop. So just all right, take this let me, let me uh, wrap this thing up. Um, I got, so I'm just going to make a quick shift. Mine's L.A. as a spot for a cop drama. I mean, yeah, we're all from, you know, California here, and we made plenty of trips to L.A. Yeah, have we been in a lot of these neighborhoods that the movie shows? Probably not. Um, been in maybe around them, but the setting that L.A. Um, creates for a cop drama is arguably, you know, one of the better. And, uh, you know, every city has its, has its um, you know, areas that, you know, maybe there's, you know, some more violence or that has, you know, their reputation and, um, you know, the areas that uh, Fuqua um, went to, he wanted to make this as uh, realistic as possible and true and honest as possible. He went to these parts of L.A. and got kind of um, got permission, honestly, from um, from local gangs to get in these parts. And they wanted it to be filmed there for that for that reason, to make it as honest as possible um, and actually hired um, members from. He cast residents uh, from South Central, Crenshaw, Firestone, Inglewood, Rampart, Echo Park, Lincoln Heights, and Imperial Courts, um, which, um, and then obviously, you know, shot um, in the block um, of the jungle um, in L.A., as like stated in the movie. And just so all those settings, obviously, that's, uh, you know, what the world that, you know, we're, we're kind of thrown into. But L.A. as a scene for a cop drama, give that to me. I love it. I'll watch it again. All right, uh, on to snag, and it looks like I'm gonna lead off. And for me, you know, what do I want to marry? What do I want to? What do I want to hold on tight to forever? Um, and that's, it's easy. One of one, Denzel. Yeah. Right. Um, we talked about it earlier. Um, he puts the movie on his back. He, you know, so I just wrote a couple of questions. Whether what other actors are on par with Denzel? His IMDb is just it's bonkers before leading up to training day and after one of the greatest actors of the modern age, one of the greatest actors ever. So can I ask character? What did he win? What did he win an Oscar for? Did he win an Oscar for this? This 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 was this. Okay. So he, he fucks with your head in this movie and I just, I can't get enough of of it. Every time I watch it, I remember the first time I did watch this movie and he's doing these horrible things. And then he has these like father talk moments with Ethan Hawke's character right after he's put a hole in Scott Glenn's chest and they're outside and he just gets done telling you if you, you know, if you after you watch it for the third or fourth time, he says, make sure that bathtub's ready. So he's talking to the, uh, the, uh, the gangsters, the hillside, the hillside trace yeah. gang, his, his homies there to get the bathtub ready. Cause he's, you know, he's saying he's setting up the execution of, of Hoyt Hoyt then gets into the car, and then Denzel's character, Alonzo, is able to work up tears, practically, showing Hoyt that he feels for him. Like, I've been there before. I, it was new for me at one point. It's okay. Everyone has their freak out. He has this moment. He has these moments throughout the movie. He's just convincing. It's a, it's a man, as an actor, acting like he has layers, but at the heart of it, he's an evil, bad dude. 
who just got done killing a dude in Vegas because he probably got fucked up and he just happened to kill the wrong dude. And now he's going to kill a young rookie because he owes the Russians money. And at the heart of it, that's all he cares about. He's got four kids with who knows. It's not just Eva Mendes has one boy and then he has he says he has four boys. First, in his first meeting, he tells Ethan Hawke, you know, let if you need your, you know, if you need a boy, let your old lady know. I can't miss. <laughs> and I'm like, to say that shit in the first in your first time meeting, like that, till it shows you the the character that uh, Denzel's created. Denzel evidently uh, the N- the NAACP showed up to the set while they were filming Training Day. They were not a fan of Denzel playing a crooked cop. They kind of came in asking you know, expressing that concern that, you know, they're concerned about the direction that Denzel and, and him taking that part of a crooked cop and didn't think it was uh, a good look for him. And Denzel just said, he said, well, why, every, you know, all these other actors can do it. Why can't I, why can't I take this part? You know? Um, and so he just, he took his stance and he's an artist at the end of it. He takes all different types of roles. It doesn't matter. He always makes it better. And to think of Samuel as much as I love Sam Jackson, you know, the, it's a completely different movie and it doesn't, it doesn't, um, I think it's movie's going to stand the test of time, even with all of its flaws. And it's because of Denzel. So, and the King Kong quote was all him too, by the way. Oh, was that an ad? That was, I was all improvised by Denzel. King Kong got nothing on me. Who we got? Is it Nate? Uh, it's me. Uh, and I, I have little to add. I mean, I, my Denzel was mine and, and the only, I'll literally only just follow up by reading off some of like the highlights from Denzel's IMDb quickly because it's staggering. Like that, that he doesn't get taught. I think I actually think he's underrated, even as highly rated as he is. Yeah. If you look at the range of stuff, I mean, if you when you first you know his his first like really big stuff, right? Malcolm X, Pelican Brief, Philadelphia, Crimson Tide, Courage Under Fire. The Preacher's Wife, which is kind of a weird one, but a totally different role for him. He got game. The you, bone you skipped Glory, man. Yeah, I was going to say Glory. Oh, he, got, he got nominated for Glory. Oh, I missed Glory totally. Yeah. And all before Training Day. Yeah, Glory. That's all before Training Day. He's not, we even got, then we get to Training Day, but then after Training Day, Man on Fire, Manchurian Candidate, Inside Man, American Gangster, The Book of Eli. Deja like, Vu, bro. Deja Vu, Flight equalizer and the follow-ons then fences which i think he also gets nominated for and then roman j israel which is a really off the beaten path movie and kind of weird but he's so different in it like if you've seen it it's just crazy so So, i mean i guess my take is just denzel is this might be his best i mean this might be really he be his his very best and it's the best of a career that has a lot of things that are competitive for the best He's just unreal. In it. If you watch Glory in, in in the the scene where he's getting punished for for deserting and they and they whip him and then he's he's staring down Matthew Broderick and he's got like the, the tears going oh. and stuff like that. I mean, right there that just said this dude's going to be a he's badass be actor, yeah, real yeah. deal. His career, he, he's as close to a can't miss as there is. Where it's like you you he's in something and you're like he's he, the he, definition he, of a can't. He's going to be great and 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 the movie potentially is going to be watchable even if it's unwatchable he, he also has that. somewhat of a discerning like 
script picker or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's either either he makes he can make shitty material elevated or or he's like really uh, discerning on his. Picks. And I think it's a combo. Yeah, there's I some think stuff right. that's not the trips aren't and in the end great, but he's they they they, they elevate. I just want to jump in really quick on your guys's Denzel points is that uh, you know my wife was watching a video the other day and it was uh, Chadwick Boseman, the guy from Black Panther, and he was doing the speech talking about how. He was really grateful to Denzel because Denzel had paid his college tuition like all through college and like acting school and all this stuff. And like, I guess that's something that he does is he goes in and finds young black actors and actresses and and kind of empowers them and financially supports them and and kind of, you know, to to kind of bring bring them up through the system, which I think is just fucking awesome. R.I.P. Chadwick. Yeah, exactly. All right. My uh, snag here is. You know what? There's there's something about when a movie starts off with no music and you get a little intro scene that kind of gets you going and then all of a sudden, boom, they hit you with a like a hit song and Training Day does this just to a T. Like you have the whole dining scene as soon as they leave the diner, still DRE comes in oh. and and that Dre beat starts and That's it's just like call. Boom, it hits, and you're like, okay, I'm ready for this fucking ride. Like, they had a nice little intro, about eight minutes or so. That's where I start to enjoy the movie is when these fucking hits the hydros, and they, uh, and, and there they you go. Off. You know, you're off on an adventure now. And I, I just love movies that do that way. It's, it's all quiet for a while, no music, and then all of a sudden, you're going to just bring in that nice song that just kind of like piano, starts that piano. It. That is like one of my favorites. Reminds me a little bit of like a Back to the Future opening, right? Where there's like a little bit of that sort of like sleepy beginning with the clocks and things and then all of a sudden just he plays the guitar and then all of a sudden he's off to work and then you get the Huey Lewis Huey yep. Lewis comes in yep for don't sure don't need no credit cards dude, <laughs> I fucking love that Brad, shit that's a great freaking choice dude because I, I love that how that gets us into the movie and like the car's wet so like they're you know in like downtown LA, the car's like, smoking PCP they're spraying <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he made his car before he gets out. Oh, that's like, alternate smoke endings. That's alternate endings. This is a car. This is a Pixar. This is a Pixar. Lightning McQueen. Mother. Lightning McQueen on Sherm. <laughs> PCP Kachow. car. Kachow. 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 <laughs> oh shit. Oh, okay. Wow. On that note, so my snag is really quick, and it's just. Uh, I love the ethical dilemmas that this movie puts all of its main characters in. You know, I, I don't love Ethan Hawke in this movie, but I think that, like, at certain points, you can kind of see in his brain, he's kind of like, am I going to go along with this? Am I not going to go along with this? I like movies that put you in a position where you're like, it's kind of like what Nate was saying earlier, where you, you've had a mentor or somebody that was that was pushing you in maybe a way that you probably wouldn't have responded to well, but you're you're kind of deciding in your head whether or not you're going to what you're going to do, how you're going to react. And I feel like this movie, you know, makes makes you ask a lot of questions to yourself, like how you would react in a lot of situations that Ethan Hawke finds himself in. And even Denzel, like, you know, he's 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 kind of got, uh, you know, a bunch of dilemmas on his hand, too. So I like that. I like the way that it's. Uh, kind of puts you puts you in in his shoes for a minute and if you're watching it with a thoughtful eye you kind of think like oh man i wonder what i would do in that situation i love that good stuff zach i i think i'm gonna jump in here on body bag now because <laughs> I, we might be we might have mind melded <laughs> earlier after you. and figured it out because uh you know what? as much as i just gave props to a, a dre song coming in uh uh at the opening scene when andre shows up as an actor it is just not good. It takes you out. 
It really like it's it's uncomfortable like how stiff his line president like you think he would have like a relaxed like he just seems so stiff like he he seems like he's so nervous of doing this correctly that he just completely like fucks it up because Macy Gray kills it in this movie. Snoop does a great job in his role. Snoop is great. Snoop is in this. awesome. And Dre just seems stiff as fuck, and it's it's just really like bothersome. Like I, uh, they had to have been looking at that in the editing room. Like, oh shit, is this the best take we got? And so, just throw it in there. So I agree, Brad. I think I think Snoop's okay. I think that Macy Gray kills it, and I didn't even recognize her until my wife was like, "That's Macy Gray," and I was like, "Oh shit, it is," and she's fucking throwing as they say on rewatchables like throwing 104 miles an hour or whatever the fuck they say yeah he's for sure she's killing it but uh dre dre takes me out of the movie completely he has like inhumanly long arms for some reason he has an uzi i don't understand why he has an uzi I, like we talked to dan about like when do you <laughs> i don't understand where you're like oh we're gonna go do this like police work and then i'm gonna take my uzi that's attached to my body i, I don't understand any of that he's like super wooden in everything that he's doing even his line when he's like you're dead you're dead it's like, just like, <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> it's like okay man i'm not believing this at all you don't you don't i don't know and you know what you know what kills me is that when nick told me that uh eminem was in the running to play the ethan hawk part it was like okay so we're just gonna have like all rappers in this movie and god it would have just been terrible even though nate thinks that eminem can do no wrong and and we're trying to get him to do our bvk ipa song i just i don't i don't i don't like it man i i, I wish we would hire there's plenty of actors out there looking for work we could hire some actors to do these parts. And it's not like people went and saw this movie because they're like, oh, did you hear Dr. Dre was in it? There's <laughs> zero chance of that. And I mean, you can see that, like, obviously Antoine Fuqua, like, continually paid it forward with, with Denzel and continued to, I mean, that was his dude. That was his golden goose. I mean, honestly. I'm sure these guys were, like, producers on the movie or something, and they just wanted to be in the movie, but I, I don't like it at all. That's my body bag. And Brad's body bag. <laughs> yep. Okay, so you guys talked me into it. I don't know, I mean, why that didn't wasn't glaring to me. I just wrote down, like, some unrealistic shit because I knew that, you know, it all happens in a day, but I'm I'm behind you guys on Dre. He never he never took me completely out of it, but he's, he's for sure the weakest part of the, the whole movie. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll body bag the scene I already talked about. I mean, it was the most bothersome for the whole thing for me. It's the... It was the moment where, like, they went beyond the pale for a minute, and, and like, they do the shootout, and Ethan Hawke's... <laughs> it's not cool, man! I was like, that's... This is... Okay, now we've... we've this is, Didn't this he freak out a little more than that? To be fair, he was high on PCP, so <laughs> it was just like, did that really happen, bro? But he, but is that um, the part when they pulled over on the freeway, and he says, you either the wolf or the sheep? Uh, I don't think they pull over on the freeway. Because there's, like, one time when they pull over... That's when they're like they pull over in the middle of the in on the, the freeway. Of the street. No, <laughs> no, in the middle of the intersection. The freeway is the post. The, I think is the post shootout. Yeah. That, That's why I like because he freaks out a little. I mean, more than I mean, he freaks out. Yeah, and I, he's I, like I, saying stuff like the you know the um, the department's gonna like have our balls. It's like a. They're coming after people like that, and then he pulls over, and that's when Denzel gives him like a pep talk and says, "Listen, this ain't this shit ain't for you." And that was way back in like season three, so I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, so you watch that shit. I two watched days that. Ago. Like, I'm yeah, just saying, like, you want to like talk it week, out? Yeah. This was the time to talk it out. I'm. I'm I I I, I'm I, th I think I think it's that there were like enough things before that that I was like, at that point, he's got to be like 
we, I got to bail. I'm staying this. here in Watts. You go ahead and go in the Monte Carlo. <laughs> I'll be fine. Let me out on the freeway. I'll be fine. I just want to address one thing that just I just thought of is that Nate's like, I just finished the movie 15 minutes ago. But two days ago was like, I'm watching The Transporter right now <laughs> and uh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like. Why aren't you watching Training Day, dude? Like, They're, what the fuck? I have reasons. <laughs> what What were the reasons for... Oh, because your wife loves Jason Statham? No. No, that, she wasn't even there. That would have been a good one. No, <laughs> uh, no it was because I, if I'm working out on this particular uh, workout machine, it's too loud for me to hear dialogue, and I've got to pick something that I don't give a show about what they're saying, and the transporter fit the bill. <laughs> just Stath- Statham's just all visual. I was like, oh, I could just check me some Jason Statham. <laughs> Kicking ass. See, Visual see media. him whoop some ass and drive a car fast. Uh, that's all I need. <laughs> you at least could have put on, uh, what was it, Crank with Amy Smart? Oh. Jason Statham? I, I don't know Crank. I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, that one. It's a great movie where he has to continually do meth in order not to die because well, not he has meth. to keep he just his heart ha- he, has to, he has to be doing adrenaline. It's like, PCP. <laughs> it's PCP. Yeah. Oh, it's PCP. I'm sorry. Entire, I'm sorry. Yeah. He has to be doing adrenaline, so he has to do crazy shit the entire movie to keep his yeah. heart rate going. Yeah. Well, ne- you know, on my next workout, I know what I'm watching. It's an awesome premise. That's that did that delivers. Not really. All right, on to our uh, un- our unofficial sponsor segment, uh, our cameo segment. Brad's gonna lead us off here. Hey, yeah, you know, uh, cameo. I'll just tell you, man. Last call, they've locked in, so we're still waiting to hear from you. If you want to get locked in here, we've been struggling with a cameo lately, so we've been known to give away eleven years of free advertising. Yeah. <laughs> they must, they must hey. just be sending emails to our our personal emails, and we're just not checking it. Yeah, so Bev's Video Kingdom right, at gmail.com. Right. Bev's B E V S. There's no apostrophe in that. If you, you put an it. apostrophe in it, even if you spell Jamail right, we're not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Cameo. Um, first off, Macy Gray. She used to be on it, but uh, I didn't. They don't give a price when they used to be. So, I'm, I'm assuming Macy probably would have oh. been 100 bucks plus. Uh, I'm going to say. What's several, Macy Gray's song? Several hundred? For Macy Gray, dude, she's a big star. Dude, bro. she was like a legit. Is uh, she the? Is she the? I try to say goodbye and I choke. Yes. Try to walk away and I stumble. I try to rock away and I stumble. Oh God, I love it when we break out in song. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one king of cameo right now, and he's actually advertising a concert on cameo. You can buy front row tickets, and you will be seen by this person. That is, of course, Snoop Dogg. Really? Snoop a dupe? Now on. the problem is is that I don't know this these concert tickets are blocking like where the normally it would say like how much he costs. So I don't get to know how much he costs. But he definitely said if you want any type of promotion, use my business price. So he's very uh, adamant that the business price is like if you want if we wanted Snoop to be like, Hey yo, check out the BVK podcast or whatever. Why would we do it if you can do that? Good yeah, that was really good. <laughs> we would just have you do it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, if you want the Snoop Dogg <laughs> imitator on Cameo, you can pay him uh, some candy that's in that bowl right there. But are we, yeah, I are don't we going to guess the price for Snoop? Oh man, I'm. I'm yeah. Are we guessing Do the we business have a price? price? Have a uh, no, I don't have the price. That's what I'm we checking. Ge- out. Let me we check ge- it one more time. Are we guessing the Fine. business we'll price? Or are we guessing? Guess. The... Refresh. Well, that who shit. was five thousand dollars for business price? So who, no, that was somebody not that awesome. Right. That was uh, that was the guy Champ. That was whammy. He oh, was five yeah. G's. I'm pretty sure. So Snoopadoop's yeah. got to be ten G's for a business price, at least. I think the business price is probably a flat rate. If no. I had to guess, no, 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 no way. You don't no think way. so? No, no. Champ's not making as much as Snoop 
Monday. Yes. Okay. They're advertising this concert, so it's in the way. So fifty dollars yes. to be on the concert, five hundred dollars to be a VIP for this concert. Other than that, it sounds like it doesn't say that he's not on cameo, but it just doesn't show me how much. What, he what happens if you're VIP for a Zoom concert? Do you get like front row Zoom seats? I don't understand. Yes, I, I checked really it out because it is kind of funny. You get here's what you get for the five hundred dollars. You get front row access to live stream a live stream event with the chance to go on stage. What? All front row fans will get a chance to ask one question. Snoop Dogg will be able to see you and interact directly using live stream. And you can do custom reactions and chat with other fans. And they each pay 500 bucks? It's 500 bucks. I'm in. Ask Snoop a question. I'm in. Yeah, so other than that, I can't find out how much he actually costs. What would you ask Snoop if you could ask Snoop one question? God, put me on the spot. Why don't you? I would be like, I would be like, how much do you weigh? Because he literally, <laughs> I think he's a pretty tall guy, and he is so skinny. He looks like, he's like 6'2", like 104 pounds. I saw him in an airport one time. Did you? Oh, did you? I did yes. not know that. Like walking away from me with a couple bodyguards, a little taller than I thought. Yeah, he's and tall. super skinny. I feel like if Johnny Very from Karate skinny. Kid swept his leg, it would fucking shatter. Sweep the leg. <laughs> yeah, shit I, would, I would ask Snoop, leg, have you ever turned down a cameo on a song? Because uh, like that dude is, is basically on every other song that I hear right now. Like it's just Oh, you mean Snoop not verse. on Cameo the website? No, no, I don't mean Cameo the website. <laughs> I mean like when he has an appearance on a song, like there's always a Snoop verse on like every song now. I like that he's on Corona, right? He's Yep, he's doing Corona. Like no, it. Snoop's doing big things. Hey, Snoop. If you can say anything about Snoop, that dude is working. Yep. He's oh, yeah. out there yeah, making that cheddar. Yes, he is. So yeah, um, I'm saying Snoop probably on cameo is probably 400 bucks. Yeah, that's that's fair. I Maybe 500. Yeah, it's got to be in that range. Yeah, right around that Brett Favre money. And I might pay it. I'm just gonna be honest. And to, I will. I will Snoop? say Snoop. Yeah. Yeah. the uh, there was a little internet sensation. I think the last couple of weeks. Uh, if, I don't know if you guys have heard the Island Boys. Yes. So <laughs> these Florida dudes that uh, are, are just shit. absolutely ridiculous, but they are new on Cameo. What's Island Boys going to run me? Buck 65. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> and if you heard what they sound like when they sing, it, uh, you would say it's worth every dollar. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> they have like, if you guys have ever watched the Titans, they have uh, like the, 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 the turd braid that comes out of Derrick Henry's helmet. I don't know if you guys have seen yes, this on, yeah. on football. They have those coming out of their head in like numerous different directions. Yeah, like five different directions. Five different turd, turd braids. It's, it's and they're amazing. about as tatted up as you can be. And then they sing, Island Boy. <laughs> Lots of face tats. Oh, they are a thing. But yeah, they're on Cameo now. I'm so glad that my kids are young enough they're missing the face tat thing. Like, your kid is just 14, so he's, like, probably just young enough that he's not going to have to get a face tat when he gets uh, when he turns 18. But I feel like there's a whole generation of kids that are – there's going to be, like, a bunch of 80-year-old dudes at some point with face tats, and it's just not going to be a great look. I'm going to try to avoid one at my midlife crisis. <laughs> but no promises. Nate's like, I'm going to get a tattoo on my yeah, forehead. I'm going to get a tattoo. tattoo <laughs> they don't allow that in the force, yo. I was just me a tattoo on my, my shield. <laughs> I already, I already have my art. My shield. artist is already designing the, the BVK under the eye. <laughs> Right and then, then IPA on the, oh under the right just right I'm just, eye. I'm, I'm gonna get tiny teardrops that are actually sheriff's badges. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cameo. Boom. God damn it! Step up your game. Yeah, cameo. Come and be an official sponsor, and we'll try and f- harder to find people that are on your we're fucking gonna website. Fart, we're gonna try farter. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right, let's just move on to streaming recommendations. Let's get into what Speaking else. Speaking is- of farting, since we're here, fuck it. We are here and we are farting. So I, I got, I mean, we've I, talked about your ass on this podcast enough. So so I, I was Jesus. so I was at work the other day. <laughs> Any God. story related to farting that starts with I was at work the other day. So that's, I was at that's work. A good one. So I was at work, and there's there's this guy at work that I that I have had some run-ins with over over work things. But I, let's just say he maybe is a little sensitive. These are not flatulence-based arguments. Uh, no, the arguments okay. themselves are not. So so I was sitting in my office, and my door was open, and this guy was walking down the hall. And then he passed my door, and just as he passed my door, he sort of slowed down and then, like, audibly ripped a fart. <laughs> that's a and fucking— And kept walking, and an I was like— aggression, I, And I wondered, like, did he do this on purpose, <laughs> he A? He you. And B, like, is that—like, should I should I challenge him to a fight in the courtyard? I'm 100%. surprised you didn't run out there and knock him out. Like. <laughs> well, this is what, what my wife said. She's like, dude, did you did you take this as a sign of, like, a serious yeah. point of aggression? And I was like, I don't—I didn't know. Like, normally, like, if I feel disrespected, I as we know, like, I lose my mind. And, like, I try to kill people. But the, here I was like—and this guy, I feel like I, he's sort of harmless because he's just sort of like a caricature of a human. And so I was like, well, you know, you are who you are. But I was like, man, you farted at me, but you didn't come into my office. So, like, did that really violate me? I don't know. How, how should I? Do you guys feel like I should have gone and confronted him? I don't think you should have confronted him, but I would have felt very violated. But I Should mean, I farted back at him? He's definitely telling his friends right now, he's like, this guy Nate at work, he's so beta. I fucking farted at him. He did nothing. <laughs> I guarantee you that's a story that, that he's makes telling. makes you want to fight him. <laughs> he's like, man, I, I, looked him. Dr- I looked him directly in the eyes and lifted my, my leg and just farted at him. And he did nothing. Didn't I even do anything. What a puss. Obviously slowed down my walking speed <laughs> in front of his doorway. Just lifted the leg and let it go. Anyway, so yeah, that's my fart story. Uh, oh damn it. That pisses me off just hearing <laughs> Nick's gonna show up at work on Monday. I need me. something to distract me from how upset I am about Nate getting farted at. What can we what can we stream, Nick? What are we gonna fucking stream not to think about this fucking damn act it. of aggression that happened in Nate's workplace? All right, let's so uh I got collateral on HBO Max. Ooh. 2004 Michael Mann classic i'm a big fan of this movie uh i got tom cruise all five two of them tom cruise with gray hair gray hair the only time flat topped gray haired uh tom cruise jamie fox jada pinkett smith mark ruffalo another la movie also takes place uh during the course of a night so even less time uh than than training day but still lets you know early that a night a night's going to take place the movie's going to start and end in during the course of this night I don't know. I'm a huge fan of Collateral, and I it's one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. I, uh, I think it, I when I saw it, I was so blown away that I was. It made me like Tom Cruise, and this was after the jumping on the couch Scientologist shit. Way after, and after he ruined Katie Holmes for everyone, dude. And like <laughs> you were like done, like I was done with him, you know. And it was like it was hard to look at him the same way, but you still, you know, he was still cranking out movies. But damn it, he comes out with Collateral, and he's a fucking. He's a silver-haired, uh, flat-topped assassin in a fucking Michael Mann picture, like with, and it was like under the radar. It wasn't like overly publicized. It was a fucking cool movie. And, and he's the bad like, guy. He's the bad, he's the guy, bad which is, guy, which and is a surprise. He doesn't ever do that. And so I was like, and he's a Tom great Cruise, bad guy. I mean, he's like a really like kind of understated bad guy. Yes, in the best way. Not over the top, and it's just like well, Jamie Foxx is amazing. In it. He's Jamie amazing, Fox but but without Tom Cruise in that part, yeah. he's just. 
And uh, Jimmy Fox, if I remember right, is kind of nerdy, right? Like, he's super nerdy, yeah, kind of under, understated. They're both kind of yeah. playing out of uh, out of type, yeah. which is awesome. It, it's yeah. a great. I, it is a super underrated movie. That's yeah. a great call. So that that's that's what so, I got. So, so I, I I'm going to pull a Brad here, and I'm going to recommend something that is streaming only if you have uh, the super premium stars uh, subscription. And that is End of Watch, which yeah. is Jill uh, Hall and Michael Pena, both L.A. cops. Very similar setting, has a lot of similar feel to Training Day. We might need to cover this movie. It's definitely it's on one. It's very it's, good. It's on. It's my one list. that that would come and, and and it's got like it's it's got a lot of really good sort of feels authentic kind of you know I would have loved to get Dan's take on this, but it feels really authentic. Um, it's he got, said he loved it. Yeah, he, 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 he mentioned that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So anyway, this this is a in the future. This is a this is a great one that I that I <laughs> highly recommend, especially if you like Training Day. It's 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 slightly less uh, Denzelli, but uh, a little more believable. So I've got two. One is a movie, <laughs> which is uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Which is uh, Mel Gibson really? and Vince Vaughn? It's so good. Uh, what Mel what? Gibson, Vince Vaughn? It's directed by oh god, oh it's directed by the same guy that did Bone Tomahawk. Oh, and it's oh that guy. It's very <laughs> fucking good. Uh, check it out. Pretty dark, fucking awesome. And the second one is the same thing that we literally mention almost every pod, and that is True Detective season As one. As we should. As True Detective season one it. is it will never not be mentioned. I know not that all of you haven't watched it yet, so go fucking watch it. If you're looking for you're looking forward to our next. Uh, oh, never mind. I can't say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> as as much as you guys like uh, a True Detective season one, and I enjoyed it, I will say my my recommendation is. Directly related to Training Day in the sense that uh, when when Sean Ryan created it, there was definitely some takeaways from the Rampart uh, 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 case with uh, with LAPD, and that's The Shield. It is streaming on Hulu, and The Shield is a great gritty cop drama. Um, again, you get those 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 alpha male cops that also get on the shady side, and so it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's intense all the way through when you get to that final season the payoff is just amazing it's- I, I was i'm surprised i'm surprised it took us this long brad to get to a shield take because i thought that i wrote down in my notes there's a very real chance that this pot early on could get turned into just a shield pod by I, brad and i <laughs> i mean i i could go off on it just because it is my favorite should, tv show of all time i mean the two of us should just do like a shield pod just as like a one-off because we love it so much and, and that's the thing is that I think it's just an underrated show that a lot of people never watch. So it upsets me so much that people and, talk and, about. And the funny thing is that won a show. I mean, it won a bunch of stuff. I mean, it was very highly acclaimed at the time. It, it was. I think it's its last season didn't get enough acclaim. But uh, the, the fact that you have the Breaking Bad, The Wire, uh, Sopranos, all of those are, are talked about in the same like conversation. The Shield needs to be up there. It's just totally a lot agree. of people have not seen it because it's, it's a classic i think the first time i i could be remembering this wrong but the first time i came to nate's house i think he was dressed as michael chiklis vic Mackey. 
He did dress so. up for Halloween. You dressed up for Halloween. One of the first times that I came to your house, I, I knew you and we knew each other and we were we were friends sort of. But I think the first time I ever came here, you were dressed as Michael that was like Pickles. 2010 Man, or 11. Pa, that would have been a long time ago. I, yeah. I don't know. That's I, like 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And it was like and it was like before, like years before we were ever actually like really friends. Oh, I do not remember this. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why were you in my house. I don't. I was with Justin or something. And oh, we were just, okay. Like, we were doing something. Oh, but. I sort of remember <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know why I was Michael Chickles that night. Whatever. I were you at my house. <laughs> I was I was a, a ninja that year, and we have a picture of Nate as Vic Mackey. He's got like a gun up at me, and I have like a sword, and I'm sitting there like we're staring each other down. A lot of stuff nice. that probably wouldn't yeah, we probably don't want it to come out of the vault. <laughs> the Halloween party nights? No, probably not. Brad in full Asian face, <laughs> <laughs> me in full Mackey face. I, I fully uh, I, I, I I admit that I appropriate the full culture of the dirty LAPD. So. <laughs> Yes. Yes, Whatever he does. That's worth. All, right. All right. Are we? Uh, are we good with streaming? <laughs> we're, we're streaming. We're done streaming. We're done streaming. All right. We're done streaming. We're out of the Peacock and the uh, Shamalama Ding Dong uh, <laughs> streaming services. Let's get into reshelf. So we're walking through Bez Video Kingdom. We're looking at drama. We're looking at horror. Mm, nah, we're not. We're not going to horror movie. Fuck horror. Um, comedy drama. Do we want to reshelf Training Day as any one of those? Take it away from the drama, cop drama, or do we want to give uh, Training Day an alternate ending? I'm going to go first. So Zach's going to go so first. So this is my take. I love this movie. I, 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 I like this movie a lot, but I think if Tarantino directs this movie, it goes in a different direction, and there's a certain point that it goes in a different direction. And Nick's making a face like he also had Tarantino directing this movie. No, no, okay. no, no it's like a, <laughs> I so, love it. I love it. So this is where it goes. Same movie, Ethan Hawke actually gets killed in the bathtub. Now, we find out sometime before Does that. Does the guy say, oh, I just shot Hoyt in the face? He's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Smiley. He's like, two uh, bears. That's so, some crazy ass shit, homie. So Smiley shoots, shoots Ethan Hawke, and then, and then they find the wallet. And they call the they call the niece, and the niece comes over to the house, and the niece is talking to him, and somehow this is where it gets sort of convoluted, but somehow they make us believe earlier that Ethan Hawke's beautiful Latina wife, and the only way we know that she's like my wife said, she's a beautiful blue eyed Latina, and the only reason you know she's Latina in the very beginning is because she has all of the uh, candles everywhere, all over the all over the house, and so oh that's right. So so what I'm thinking is somehow the wife is related to the niece, right? So the niece comes back, sees that the guy that saved her from getting raped is killed. She calls the wife. The wife comes over, comes back over. They then start this huge, like Tarantino-esque, like beautiful Latina revenge movie where the niece oh. and the mom and Lisa, the Ethan Hawke's wife have to go and battle against Alonzo and his beautiful Latina wife, who is like the bad guy, Latina wife, uh, Eva Mendez. <laughs> I'm in. Right. I'm in. And I'm, and there's lots of, lots of like monologues and like prolonged foot shots. <laughs> And I just think I just think it could be a rip roaring ride, and that's that's where I'm going. I want to see those feet. I'm for this, I had it all written out, but I just ad libbed it because of what I had written down was like <laughs> super super granule. So I just I'm going a bigger picture. I like it in granules. Yeah. So la- la- Latina fights, Bradley. I, I got an alternate <laughs> ending here, and uh, it's basically the same movie leading up to when Rogers killed. 
Um, but then when they get outside, the speech Alonzo gives is actually true. He doesn't make the call about the bathtub. He just he, he gives that speech and it's actually heartfelt. And he convinces Jake that he only needs to get the money to, to right or wrong from Vegas. And then they're going to move forward. They're actually going to do some good narcotics work. Take down the big fishes. Because I just want Alonzo to be a good guy who works in the gray area rather than a bad guy. Like There's something about when when he's being that that leader and you're just like god i want to follow that guy anywhere like when he gets into that mode he he kind of just controls what's going on and so i want him to use that for good rather than for evil and and that's kind of the mo- the way the movie would go i it? i love that take though generally that one, that, that you're that like you do get sucked in even to this guy who's just such an asshole but you find yourself sort of wanting not quite root for him but being like oh man there's just that charisma or something yeah i get that the first time you're watching it right you're like no he didn't leave him that he didn't leave him there to get whacked. No, yeah. no way. No, but uh, I love that take. I didn't even think about that. So since our Pulp Fiction pod, I'm taking this whole like alternate universe cross, you know, <laughs> universes together. And I got another one for us. Okay. So the timing of this, I think might work out. I even looked up the divisions. They don't. Okay. <laughs> so Jay played strong safety for North Hollywood High. Oh, I love it. I tried to make sure, I tried to see if Ricky Baker from Boys in the Hood, who played for Crenshaw High, if they played in the same league. They do not play in the same league, but they could have played each other in the playoffs. So there's a movie in which Roger, Scott Glenn, is part of a basically underground high school football betting ring. Because, of course, he said he follows only the good players, right? He knew Ethan Hawke. He knew Jake Hoyt was a strong safety for North Hollywood High. He follows only the good players, so he would have known of Ricky Baker. Boys in the Hood was filmed in 1991, and that does kind of the time does kind of check out as far as um, 2001, ten years after high school. Jake Hoyt, um, Ricky Baker. So Roger kind of comes to Jake Hoyt. This is a movie where Ricky Baker and a young Jake Hoyt are in high school. Roger is an ex police officer, crooked starting this underground high school football betting ring, uh, kind of he takes on these good players and he tries to corrupt them. Trying to get them to throw games Tries to throw games. Tries to get them to throw games. And Jake Hoyt and Ricky Baker, being, you know, great young men, they do not take them up. And as a sign, and and obviously Roger takes that as a sign of disrespect and he's dug in tight to the uh, the dark underbelly. (laughs) And as a way to put it in, and as a way to kind of show everyone else and all the young, you know, up and coming players, like, don't fuck with Roger. He he puts a hit out on Ricky. And that's why Ricky gets it. Oh, that's why Uh, he gets it? That's why he gets it, because Roger. In Boys in the Hood. In Boys in the Hood. Oh. That's Roger. You just blew our whole minds. I like how it's all connected, Nick. So so can I suggest, like, can I I get into your universe? Since we're making this movie, obviously. Can I also nominate Ray Merriman and uh, and Nick, Big Nick O'Brien from The Den of Thieves, who also are... In the corrupt cop world and gangster world, and also are reputedly ex very high, highly touted LA high county, level athletes, county football players. Do we need to slowly, as we build this pod, create I, an all star football team I, of players that, that could have played like, with each other I, during? I, I think know, at some point we're going to need to put together the all LA county, yeah, uh, early 90s. LA county thug, thugs versus cops. 
it's a memorial think, football game. I think we'd be remiss not to mention one of the original podcasters, Adam Carolla, who famously played uh, played line at uh, North Hollywood High. Uh, really? If you guys, if you guys oh, ever really? listened to, I used to listen to his podcast a long time ago, and he talks at length a lot <laughs> about his time playing football at North <laughs> Hollywood. High. I think I think I saw he just signed to Ben Shapiro's like. Oh no, he's he's network. gone super right wing, and and however you feel about that, however you feel about that, but he's got he had some really funny stuff a long time ago, and he has some great stuff about playing football at North Hollywood High. I would have loved to have seen Ricky Baker and Hoyt go head up. I think my my, my guess is Ricky Baker gets yeah, the best. You, of you don't Jake. think Hoyt comes up and just stuffs him at no. the, stuffs him in the hole? No. One hundred forty pound think, uh, yeah, Jake no. Hoyt. I don't think Jake, <laughs> a young Jake Hoyt, knows what he's getting into with a USC bound Ricky Baker. I will quote. Him. I will quote our friend Seth, who played uh, who played high level high school football and played safety, and is also probably 160 pounds soaking wet. And he said, "I played free safety, and I never tackled anyone." He said, <laughs> "I stood there and got decleated every time." He's like, "Someone, a running back or whoever it was, would break through the line, and I would be the last guy there. I wasn't trying to tackle him. He's like, I'd just stand in their way, and they would just absolutely destroy me, and I would try and hold on as tight as I could." Seth said that. <laughs> That's what he told That's me. That's what he, he said. Like, he, there, t- <laughs> he told me that. We had That's a, a we true had, story. We'll ask him about that. There was a, the, the safety <laughs> that was a year ahead of us. Um, he was also a great baseball player. But he played safety again, skinny, small, uh, like like skinny, kind of tall, but really skinny, not that big. And he used to truck. I mean, he used to come up and put hits on people. Who but, are you talking about? Uh, uh, I'll say off the air. And and then they they actually uh, went up against a kid from Escalon, little running back named Max Shurkamp, who was uh, a tiny little running back. And one time he came up to hit Max Shurkamp, and Max Shurkamp just trucked him. <laughs> And it was bad, and it was just like, oh, man. And you just didn't see that safety get hit like that. But he got hit like the smallest running back in the league, but this guy was just a little beast. Some safeties end up being some of the craziest. I've known some safeties being some of the craziest, toughest players pound for pound on the field. And I because was, they literally come full speed. If they're if they yeah. if they're that in mind, they come full speed into piles, into whoever's coming at them. It doesn't matter what the size I've seen, you know, I've seen that from uh, from high school kids. And I'll say one more thing about our friend Seth that played safety. He broke the single season interception record. And whose record did he break, Nick? And that's where we uh, we break, right? We, we break this. I don't. I want to pop a, you know, old, old daddy over here. Um, yeah, my dad. That's my dad's record. He broke Nick's oh. dad's record, like a decades old, like, like several decades old, uh, like forty years after Nick's dad set the record. Seth broke Something the record. Like yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. good stuff. Good stuff. And that's where we should end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that's good stuff. Was there any more? We're good on. I, I love, this is a great one. I, I, I thought Dan, Dan, Lieutenant Dan was amazing. Agreed. I thought he was great. He's a great cop. He's a great friend. He's a great, great podcaster, it turns out. We got to have him back. Well, he'll be back for the, to, to judge the draft. So I love having all these, uh, these special guests are awesome. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, the conversations and the stories and, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're we're. I mean, we're good audio, but I mean, they uh, they help us out. They they make us they make us better, for sure. And uh, hey, out there, you know, usually it's you know Brad and Nate, and uh, you know throwing out the uh, what is it? Uh, click sub- click and subscribe and <laughs> like all the socials, socials right, like yeah. us on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, we got a website, and uh, what else? 
If oh. you guys send us an email saying that you want some stickers and put your address in it, you will get some stickers in the mail. I oh, guarantee you that. Stickers. We have stickers. We got to figure stickers. out a program here. Keep an eye on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow that, and then we're going to put out uh, a call for people that want stickers. If you guys are anything like my five-year-old daughter, there's you'll just do anything for a pack of stickers. That's yeah, my, we're, Our daughters are the same. Let's go. Tell a friend, too. You know, Tell tell your friends who you think would like us to, to, to follow along. Give give you know Pick their favorite episode, listen along. Uh, we, you know, we, we're, we're doing this for fun, uh, and, and we're, we, we get excited every time we see, you know, more listeners coming on. So just, you know, share it around if you like it. It's, it's, a, it's cool for us and we're glad, glad you guys are out there listening. And Thursday we got, uh, coming up, we got the draft. So hang out, see if, um, see who's going to try and, you know, take the belt from my last victory. <laughs> Um, Thursday, we got the draft for most memorable cop duo. We'll and see if Zach can uh, get out of the doghouse. And Lieutenant you. Dan's back as a special special draft judge yes, there, so you get yeah. more of yep. Lieutenant yep. Dan. But, All right, uh, folks. Thank you guys for being here. All right, here. boys. It's bedtime. Nate's been yawning for about an hour. Later. Yeah. Uh, it's past my bedtime. <laughs> Nate, just think about Code 3, Sirens. <laughs> 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 Start